things. Let's get back to rapid fire. That wasn't very rapid, was okay, it? Okay, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. All right, no, 30 dude, seconds. I, that no, was we're great. sticking to 30 that was seconds. Fucking fantastic. You shut up. Don't tell me it was great. I'll tell you it was great. He's <laughs> barely your purpose, average. Your purpose in life. So uh, we're back, take 16B with Mike McGowan. Um, you asked me an uh, interesting question. We we're talking about multi cam shooting, and, why, and I, I've t- mentioned that I do a lot of that now. Um, the thing with shooting multiple cameras, it doesn't necessarily make it faster uh, for whatever reason, you know, but the, the reason I do it is when I've, I, when I've, I've learned from editing my films a lot that I hate cutting together multiple different performances mm. for some reason, it doesn't feel authentic to me. And there's, I, you know, so that was the reason why I did a, my film rusty spade all in one take. It was an experiment to see how it was. And, mm. It was there's something about it like I didn't you know, I I didn't want to cut together multiple different performances. There's something different about each performance that only works for that. And when you're cutting when you're shooting on one camera, you know, you're getting the best you're going to get the best angle and the best lighting for that angle. Mm -hmm. And that's why cinematographers love shooting single camera. Like you ask Roger Deakins, he's he talks all the time about shooting single camera. And I I believe that like when I'm a cinematographer on a film. I want that. Mm. But when I'm a director and an editor of my own films, I I love getting that single great take yeah. with everybody. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come very often. And and also the actors they can't be like half-assing it. They're all in. Yeah. And you get something because they know if one of them didn't work, there's another backup, right? Yeah, yeah. But I tell my actors when I do that, I want I'm not gonna cut. I'm not, I'm not planning on cutting multiple different performances. Mm-hmm. We're getting one solid one, like from getting gotcha. the end take um, of you know what we're getting on these multiple cameras. And so it's just there's something about doing that that way that I'm loving more and more and. I'm learning this is part of why I want to just stick to DPing my own films is it is really hard to do multiple camera lighting setups um, because literally like I'll have I if I show I'll show you later um, and might add this in uh, to the, the podcast the behind the scenes of what this one set looked like without shooting on that, that I did in my dining room um, I had like a light over here, this big china ball over here on the table, kind of mimicking light from the window. I had, um, I just had light, like spotlights shining light at the ceiling behind each of the actors. I had a, a, a black curtain to block the light from there hitting the, this actor's face and block it from this character's face. I had cameras on the table mounted from C stands, like all just, and it was it was cluttered and chaos. And there's shotgun mics for each actor. Or each, or each set of actors and and it it's hard it takes time to set that up but once you get it set up you can get a like i think you can get an oscar worthy performance from amateur actors because you can do a shit ton of takes that way and and get gold from people who you know they don't even have need a lot of experience acting they just have to have a drive to to work hard at it and and that's why david fincher does 60 to 30 takes i mean i don't know if we did that many and i i plan to actually after this sketch just go until i get the one good take and then move on because i don't want if i if i exhaust my actors before we get the whole day it doesn't matter 
Right. Uh, it doesn't matter that the beginning was good. Yeah. You might want to get more than one good take of, you know, the most important scenes. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to learn to I'm going to have to learn how to to let go. That's something I have to learn after after this other day's shoot. Like I need to learn to let go um, sooner than I have been. And and I I'll I'll know when I take my notes like that was a good solid take. We don't need a safety. Yeah. You know, just go go do the next thing. Um, but I, then again, I was going for the like just I, I wanted to be laughing at every single part. Like that's what that my goal was. Yeah. Like I want to be laughing from beginning to end. Like like really like as a director right. feeling like an audience member, yeah. forgetting that I'm even shooting a film. Um, but then of course like you don't want to be that director who just forgets that they're making a movie. They're, yeah. they're like letting a movie happen in front of them. Not that, but let me let me ask yeah. you something. So you're doing all this. You got your actors. I like that you saw that they're exhausted. So there's something better you can do, right? Yeah. So like yeah, I'm not going to do that again. Took you one time to do that. You realize you weren't going to get much out of them because they're exhausted. I love that. I mean, that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, do you ever get feedback? Do you ever ask for feedback from your cast and crew after you do a day? Right. So I went around religiously every day. What can I be doing better? What can yeah. we do? Right. And you know, I heard some something from the stupidest thing about there wasn't enough pancakes or whatever the <laughs> hell. Right. The, like the trivial BS there wasn't. stuff. Come John, on, Mike. John Drouse. Can we rip on John Drouse? Yeah. Do you know John Drouse? He was the guy with the big truck. Yeah. And all that stuff. He was just bitching about the stupidest stuff. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, Is that like, why he wasn't this, out there at the second one? Uh, no. No, I just think it was uh, he had other people. Should we cut his name out? No. Right. no. But anyway, but uh, but to like really good feedback, like Elizabeth, um, Kira. Yeah, she, she, I've had her on. I've had her on. Some I more, saw some shoots you had since, you yeah. had her as a grip and a something yeah. and something. No, that's awesome. What what a rock star. She's fun to work with. Yeah, she's great. She's a great yeah. person. Um, but no, I, the feedback I got made me better for the next one. Like I, yeah. I welcome it. You know, I, uh, yeah. I took Elizabeth, one of the female actors, out for wine, and I just wanted to hear because she's been in some real movies. She was the one with the Adam Sandler a few days before. She's an extra, but she's been doing it for forty years. So why yeah. would I not want to pick her brain over the best experiences she's had on set? Because my job, I view it as making people happy on set. We're going to get the most out of them. Build a camaraderie. Build a teamwork. Positive energy. Um, there's people I won't mm-hmm. have back from civics. I won't, I told this, I, I go, I won't work with this person or that person ever again. Cause they brought a negative energy. They mm-hmm. were a dick. They were, you know, we'll have to talk afterwards. Yeah. Me. We'll see if we match up. I mean, you were one of them. No, <laughs> no, but there was a couple of people. Damn, I'm damn like, it, Tom, I'm fuck like, you. this person just focused on all the wrong things and are just bringing me down. Like yeah. when I hire people, I, I have a no dicks allowed policy on my team. Mm-hmm. And I say, uh, we don't want you. Right. Mm-hmm. Negative energy just spawns more of it and positive. Same thing. Right. So yeah. that's Why a big that, deal. Is that gnat on me? Fuck. There's like a gnat flying around. It's like I feel like it's on my neck now. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get Thomas on the couch now. It's the gnat that wouldn't go away. It's, it's the a fly. New short. It's, sorry. This is another short we're going to be working on. I, sorry. I didn't mean to be no, distracted. No, it's good. Now. No, so I actually almost distracted you when you said you said Dave Lynch earlier. And I said, oh, it's Dave now to you, not David. Okay. That's, Did I say Dave Lynch? You oh, said sure. Dave. No, like your buddies. Oh, yeah. But you were so in the flow that yeah, I, I, feel, I didn't yeah, take you. I, I didn't take you down because you, you. would have, you're like me, you would have got distracted yeah. and I would have ruined it. Yeah. But yeah, you and Dave, good friends. He feels like a friend. You know, I, it's funny that I learned. I'm putting my glasses on. You know what I'm doing this for? My eyes get tired. Yeah. My friend oh, had I feel sunglasses on because she has light sensitivity. So oh, I really? have to add like. I used to have that. I got over it for some reason. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So 
Where were we going? We were going somewhere, and I derailed you. This is what uh, we, this is the yeah, no, um, podcast. Just, of I mean, we're talking about multicam film. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, no, I, it made sense. Everything you said actually made sense to a layperson like me. It, I, I, you know, as a cinematographer, it is it's hard because I, you know, fitting two cameras, you can't like you can't put two cameras in the same spot, mm -hmm. and you can't put them in a place where they can see each other. Right. And and if you're if you're framing it or putting the cameras in a place where they don't see each other, it doesn't look as good as, and so, and that's led me part, partly to starting to shoot wider, like on a really ultra wide lens that still doesn't seem too distorted. Ryan seemed to think it was distorted. <laughs> we both feel the same way, right? Cause he's so particular. He's so particular, right? <laughs> He's like, it's making me get horror vibes. Oh I'm like, God, damn funny. it. Damn it, Ryan. And Ryan, I can't that. wait to watch this with you. <laughs> I'm sending that clip to him. <laughs> but oh, shit. <laughs> he, he'll look like at every pixel and, and like, <laughs> you know what? We need people no, like him. Pixel. No, no. Every, it's what people. makes him great. I always tell him it's what makes you great, it. but it's going to hold your ass back, man. You got yeah. like, to find a balance. He needs a better balance. It's the gestalt thing. It's it's looking at the whole painting. <laughs> yeah. And and he's he's good at that too. Yeah. And it's just it's just not getting caught up in the details and because the you know, you got to think about who who are you making the film yeah, for? Yeah. And you know, you know, how do you scratch your own itch, you know? Yeah. And and I know I mean his his itch is is I think doing he's, that. I think he would say he makes the film for him in a lot of cases, yeah. and that's okay, right? Yeah. But uh, as a producer, the guy with the money, <laughs> um, I can only do so many of those that helps your ego and does what you want to do. Yeah. I I actually like the masses to enjoy it, right? I I also like the artsy I love, indie my, film. My favorite too. filmmakers are are Nolan. Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, and Andre Tarkovsky. Now, Andre Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky is a Russian filmmaker. He's different. Uh, he's kind of Ryan would probably, you know, he's kind of like a Ryan, but like, or not. I wouldn't say that. I when I first saw one of when I saw one of his films for the first time, I was in awe for the first forty minutes because I was like, this guy's on the level of Kubrick. And then after forty minutes, I was angry because. At that time, I thought I knew everything I, you know, about filmmaking. I thought I knew, I thought I knew, I, I, I thought highly of myself for the fact that I felt like I could be, I was really smart because I could pinpoint what the filmmaker was trying yeah, to do to me. I could yeah, see how yeah, they were trying yeah, to affect yeah. me. I couldn't get a beat on this guy. Right. I couldn't understand. I, and I came to the conclusion, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. Because I've, I've studied his work for the last few years and, or, and, 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 and read his book. I'm on the second time reading it. I've watched his films at least three times, or I'm, on, or I'm on the third or fourth time or fifth time. I have no idea. I lost track. Every time it's different. Mm. And the reason is, is he's trying to create a film where the audience gets to, has to do, put in work to mm. interpret what, interpret it for himself. You just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about what he wants yep. you to think. It's about what you want to yeah. think. Yeah. And that is there's that is the that is the ultimate film I think for the soul. It's not the ultimate film for commercial reasons, and that's the reason why I don't know if I'd make movies a hundred percent like him. But it's encouraged me to make movies in a way where I let the audience come to their own conclusions more, because and that's for the reason why I've I lately have not done a film with music, hmm. because music 
in my film rusty spade taught me this when you put music in you're telling people what to think and mm -hmm. feel that's right i i made that film without and didn't add music because the sound of the the woods just killed the gnat did you get him yep thanks um he it it, it it was such it was a very experimental film there were so many things about it that were very abstract and i wanted the audience to come to their own conclusions about it just because it was really interesting and and that taught me there's something about that and and i then i read Andrzej Tarkovsky's book he thinks the ultimate film is one without music um the best way but he does use music in his films occasionally on most or all of his films the way he uses it though is he uses the same piece of music like here like sprinkled in as motifs it's the same piece played at different situations hmm. and different periods in the film and and when you listen to a, a, a song that you love it reminds you of how you felt when you first heard it or or other times when you heard it it brings back those memories you're not fully conscious of them but it does it triggers that and the way he uses music is he it's kind of like a, a you know a you know like a motif or or some some uh he uses i can't remember what the word is but it's it's the it's playing the same piece of music it's a good piece of music that that is very emotional but when it's played in a different situation it it brings a new meaning to mm, it interesting i love that but so i don't think i would what's do his name that. again andrei tarkovsky i'll, I'll message would i know too. anything possibly not is it in russian or yes russian with subtitles okay, but okay. you can go on criterion channel um okay. it's, no, a, I, it's like cheaper than netflix and it's basically a lot of art films you'd love it i see i, I like trying new things so i've never heard of this gentleman so uh, and i'll bet i'll bet ryan has you think yeah i think i talked about because i think i think he's he, there's similarities he wants you to have your own journey and what it means to you and keep it open-ended a lot which yeah. i'm I kind of like there's certain areas like I think about but, some of the yeah some areas Sopranos the end of the Sopranos you see the Sopranos two years. I, no I watched I watched up to a point open ended didn't like it I needed finality yeah I needed for people to get what was coming to them did you watch Breaking Bad love that perfect ending love greatest it. ending ever everybody got what they should have got that's how you um, make a television they wrapped show. it up perfect there was not a throwaway episode of that television show. Uh, like a lot of the other good TV shows, there's always like, all right, that was just character development, crap, crap, crap. Yeah, that was the greatest show ever in my mind. Um, and the characters that they evolved over time, and oh god, just seeing them on the screen, I would get in a mood. And then, but they got what, the, like it, 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 it just paid off though. Like yeah. the, he, he, it, it, they gave them their, I guess the word is arc. You know, it yeah. gave them, yeah. you know. There was like an emotional characters conclusion. that had an arc. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I think, you know, the way to, you know, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that ending killed me. I, unfortunately. I thought it was because they just ran out of material from the original author the books, who, who yeah. was the genius yeah. behind it. But yeah. I've recently learned that from hit from, from hearing from uh, interviews with him, they were just done with it. They wanted their lives back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they, ha they could have kept going because he could have kept feeding them information mm -hmm. and they should have done that. Yeah. But now, you know, yeah, so. that got so rushed at the end. What a what a bummer. And I just read an article with uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. Is that it? Dinklage? I didn't. He, doesn't he like Tyrion Lannister? 
doesn't right. he fight for it? Like he he believe like what is no what is he it? he thinks it was the perfect ending because it it uh, caught people by off guard and, it, and went against the grain. I'm like nah, it easy just, excuse. It, it exposed. He told people to move on, but um, no, we were invested in that show. We liked it, yeah. and it went against the grain too much. And by the way, who gave a shit about that guy in the chair and flying over? You know what I mean? Like I never got invested in that kid. I thought he was a terrible actor, by the way, but I never got invested in him. I was invested in everybody yeah. else. Anyway. I mean, it just, it kind of just goes to. Expose Expose like that he doesn't either he's just trying to do it for like you know not to like offend not anybody up, not upset the people that worked on it and all that yeah. stuff yeah no Which doubt is, you know i understand that yeah no it, doubt you know. we actually had him uh do a voiceover for one of our commercials as a company i work for now really? pretty cool yeah oh, pretty awesome. cool. i actually never saw the final product but it should be coming out soon anyway oh, cool um all right so so i wanted to ask you mm-hmm. so you, you covered the multi-film thing so yeah. you like these short comedy things mm-hmm somewhat absurd like a little bit not not traditional comedy right mm-hmm. um is that is that your thing or do you have a thing and why i ask is i have I, an idea yeah. on short comedies that i want to run by you oh of course yeah um i so they started because i was trying to think of something that would get possibly viral mm-hmm. um and i think i feel like short comedies now i i can't i i I just, I mean, I, I love making people laugh okay. if I can, you know, I want people to feel good, but you know, my World War II two film is, I mean, there might be some comedy here and there, but it's really a dark film. It sounds it's, dark. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, there's a book I read about, um, that kind of makes you realize that good people did ter- do terrible things mm-hmm. on the Nazi side. Mm-hmm. Like they started out good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the, 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 the bad guy is going to make people it's 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 my goal with the bad guy in that film is to make people realize that they could potentially be him mm-hmm. if something similar in happened in situation. this day in yeah, today's yeah. day yeah and it's true are you finding a lot of correlation with today's day yes you might have to move the thing what you have to move the thing remember the thing oh yeah right? no no because, <laughs> our because, sign <laughs> no because i was you know there's a correlation with what's going on today so uh We'll cut this out, but I want to have this conversation. Yeah. So here, here is uh, <laughs> this is where we start. <laughs> all right, this is it. Here's my here's my uh, thought for you. So yeah. I like making people laugh too. You do. That's why I asked about the short shorts you, you've done. Yeah. Um, I are there are there comedy festivals? Are there short? Com- I know you could go to know. a short festival that has different categories. But here's my idea. Not idea. It's I plan not- to pl- submit some of these new shorts I'm doing to festivals. But uh, yeah, I'll let you finish. So Sorry. I. If there isn't one, I'd like there to be one. Yeah. I'd like to create it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I Watching the whole film freeway to all the festivals and how it works, right? It's not a huge money Go maker. Go for it. But, no, but, you know what? It, it is a business. I know it's a business. You apply. It's like 25 bucks for this one, 50 bucks for that one. You got to put it in there. But it's easy. You set up a site. They yeah. load their thing up. They pay 25 bucks. They're in, right? I want to be able to – what I get out of it is – I get a bunch of short, funny filmmakers. Maybe there's some features. Maybe not. It's com- just comedy, right? Because I think the world needs more of that now. It's such a dark place, mm-hmm. right? That That's why I'm trying to just improve lives one at a time. But I want to yeah. do it in more scale. But if we can help filmmakers, right, and get the word out, and I can start producing the winners, right? Like, like I want to do that. That's a fucking good idea. I want to do that. Yeah. I want to I get these people in. I want to make a festival out of it. Um, it'll probably just cover the cost of the festival, right? That's all I'm looking for. I'm not yeah. looking for moneymaker. It could be a moneymaker. Some of these are filthy that I've I can tell, right? That it's like 
it's just some guy in a garage doing oh, it. Oh, I but. fuck it, dude. Yeah, I've I from from putting my uh, when you'd mentioned festivals earlier, I was like, I don't want to break his spirit about it because I okay. I fucking I I have a beef with festivals because I realize from not knowing much about them and then going into it, I realize I wasted a lot of my time and money doing it because applying to them especially during covid because okay. they were shut down like okay. a friend of mine she put her she had done a, a film that was uh you know for for uh like like it was it was it was a it was a proof of concept for a feature film she wanted to do and now she can't do it because she put it out to festivals and then covid happened and then they all went online and the whole point was to go talk to investors Network in person. people yes yes yeah. yeah and now she she wasn't able to do that so now she has to work on a new film and it's like that it, it and and that uh, I put my that was my first experience with festivals with doing that and so, um, it it I I, I have a the only festivals I'm going to put it to are the ones that where I really think that it's going to do something and I'm going to meet somebody there or right. something Understood. interesting is going to happen yeah. Yeah. or I'm going to meet distributors you yeah. know Cause has to start somewhere though right yeah so so the comedy think about you are one of the board members for this comedy festival that mm -hmm. doesn't exist yet right. Yeah, there's other people in the industry, you know, to do it right. Like, what would a festival look like? Right. Now, That's you, a good question. You got to be in person. You got to have it. I, I like the idea of a good location mm -hmm. done, done the right way. There's a bunch of stuff going on. I've done the Philadelphia Film Festival a few times. Um, not bad, but, you know, Sundance and all like you want to have a destination place that people want to go because I know you, if you applied and you got in. I don't know, Austin, Texas or New Orleans or like a fun city. You'd probably go if you got nomination. Um, but I wanted to do the right thing. I want to allow the filmmaker to get access to people with the funds to help them grow. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to help distribute funny stuff. Um, it's not a money. Ma the, the nice thing about if I were to run it, it wouldn't be about making money. So it would be pure to what it should be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. It, it'll happen to help others in a broader scale than right now. I'm just doing it one by one. Yeah. Right. It's not scalable enough. Yeah. You need to scale it. I want to like that. I mean, that, that kind of comes to like what my goal is, you know, I, when I'm successful at this and I have the money to invest in other people's films, I'm going to invest all, I mean, all the, all the, the best filmmakers I know, I want to invest in their films. That's my goal is to one day be, not just be making my own films mm -hmm. the way I want to make them, but also help other people and be the kind of producer who, who has done everything, mm -hmm. who has done everything well, uh, hopefully, you know, at that point. And, you know, and then if somebody needs help, be able to guide them, but also know how to do it in a way where I recognize when I'm stamping out their flame, I because yeah, I've had yeah. that happen to me. Yeah, yeah. I was once working on a film with somebody, and they told me how to do everything, and I listened because they were more experienced than me, mm. seemingly. But I realized, like, I was sorry. I started hating myself, losing my voice as a an artist, as a filmmaker. Hate, and and you know, I you know lost a friend, you know, because or the respect of a friend yeah. because of that, and 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 I lost respect of myself at the time, and it. And it, it spawned the next feature, the first feature film doing the idea of it. It was it's basically about men who are just <laughs> like emasculated because mm. I was yeah. I w or I was trapped. They're all the, it's a film about not just men, but men and women who are trapped in this a world and that they're fighting against that they don't believe in. And, and yeah. so well, now what I like. So what you just said, hit on, you're you're you want to create something you want to do when you're successful. I want to scale. Well, and, but you when know. you're successful, you're going to take what happened to you and 
have that not happen to others, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that's that's a big part of me. Like, I was bullied as a kid, or I had a couple Same. of really shitty bosses, and I've always said I'm going to be exact opposite. My dad, uh, not that he's going to watch this, but like he used to come down on me for being too sensitive as a kid. I was the exact opposite. My my son ended up being a theater kid, super sensitive, yeah. turned out perfect. But if he was yelled at, stop being such a pussy, stop crying, you're a pussy all the time, he might not have turned out like that if his dad was, you know what I mean? So I I like to take things that have a negative effect and then I flip it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I am not falling into the trap of what other people become. If somebody says something racist to me, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to turn that around. Right. Exactly. So yeah. like I learn and let sound like you, you, you now have a good sense of you don't want somebody to have that happen to them. So you're going to provide that outlet so it doesn't have to happen there's right? a, my, one of my favorite books is the Tao Te Ching okay and it kind of sounds like what we're talking about is it like that book is something that's inspired me like I listen to it every day on the audiobook I just re-listen to it all the time it's like an hour and a half and I could send it to you uh the mp3 file I wish I would say I'd listen to it I'd like to <laughs> the thing yeah. is it's you let it, might it be you, now that I'm a podcast you let it soak guy. in if I if, if it's something I can listen to with car, I think I would do it because I really enjoyed the podcast driving here. But anyway, you, you might like other it. than XM satellite 80s new wave music, which is my staple. The thing is, the way it works is each little like minute or so of it is like a rep, a repetition okay. of, of an idea that gotcha. it presents to you. And it it brings the thing is each of those brings you closer to a feeling of inner bliss, inner zen. And the same thing of like earlier, you mentioned not caring what other people think or not caring about, you know, whether people, you know, you know, there's a part of me that, you know, I hear people talk about, okay, you know, they, you know, what matter, I ask people what matters most to them. That's, that's one of the last questions I ask people or the last question, Mm -hmm. question, because it's such a deep question. It gets a lot of interesting answers. Um, But they a lot of times talk about being remembered. And honestly, it's not that important to me to be remembered. It used to be, it, it, and it, and it, I'd like to be, you know, become a famous, successful filmmaker. But now it's more so, so I can scale and grow and continue to do this and have fun with this and live my best life, and but also help other people, you know, make their films and pursue the same path. And then, and and also, you know, with the podcast, help teach people. This is what you know. This is how I did. This is what did and didn't work. Or, but you don't have to listen to me. It's you know, it's what you want to do. Um, but I want to, like, I, I want to be understood more than I want to be revered. Um, I want, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's like what Marcus Aurelius says in my other favorite book, meditations he wrote, which is a war journal. He wrote when in some of the most troubling times of his life, when he was the warrior, he was the philosopher King of Rome in like one, 100 something BC. And he was just constantly bombarded with all these political things and and had the weight of the world, the literal weight of the world on his shoulders. And he never wanted to be, you know, a philosopher, but it was brought onto him. He never thought he was going to be. A, he was never raised that way until like later in his childhood, I think. And, you know, he wrote this to console himself and never meant to publish it. But it ended up becoming this big hit because it. Just, and, and when I read it for the first time, it just soothed my soul. Same with the Tao Te Ching. He mentions applause is just clapping of tongues and or no applause is just clapping of hands and 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 praise is clapping of tongues nobody it doesn't matter if people are going to remember you for 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 in in 10 years or 100 years it just matters about the people closest to you that you're helping them and 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 feeling that that you're you know 
doing good things for them. And so that's these two books have are a way from I listen to them all the time now for the last few years because it bring more I listen to them, I realized the more it made me happier and it led me to it, it was a constant reminder of a way of thinking that leads me to the happiest way of, of life, which is, you know, you're not caring so much about certain things that, you know, are out of your control. There's things that are out of your control that, you know, all that matters is that you do your best. And it also matters that you take extreme ownership, which comes back to that philosophy from Jocko Willink, that Navy SEAL who looks like what you'd think a Navy SEAL would look like. He, and sounds like what you'd think a Navy SEAL would sound like. He, it's, Extreme ownership is probably one of the best leadership philosophies I've ever come across in all the books I've ever read um, for me. And it it's basically, this is all your responsibility, even if it's not. Take responsibility mm -hmm. of everything that you can because when you do that, you look for ways to fix it and make it better. And you do find things that you wouldn't find if you didn't take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, my favorite thing with leadership is like I will like like you do I will ask all of my cast my crew like what could I've done better you know like I felt like I did terrible at this and a lot of times they're like dude you didn't dude wasn't that bad yeah, yeah, yeah dude yeah, like yeah. you you're better than most like, like you you yeah. you know you this was actually a good project like like but then again like a lot of them don't work on the projects that I like I, I want to move towards you know like and and it, you know reshooting this sketch that I'm doing for the third time I, each time that I fucked up, I owned up to it immediately. I told him, look, this is, this is what I think was wrong. I, I failed you guys. Like I, I, I screwed up. Um, and this is what I think I can do to make it work. And also the third time I was like, look, you know, when I heard that morale was low to reshoot it, I was like, look, you know what? You're right. Let's not do it. But then I thought for a few days, I'm like, no, I can't release it as it is. I have to keep going, but I will release it in a behind the. I'm sure I shot a behind the scenes documentary as we did okay. it. I had somebody filming BTS. I'm going to be doing a. I actually wrote the. Script. I think that's a good exercise for everything. Quite yeah. Honestly, yeah. A BTS yeah. documentary. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm doing that from now on. You probably learn from it a lot. Yeah, you know? dude. I I wrote this. It's going to be called uh, "How to Screw Up Directing Comedy." reshoot it and still fail <laughs> and then the, hopefully the third time we do it it'll be right see i would watch that that would be good it's gonna be funny it's it, I, i'm gonna make sure it's funny um but it's like but it's gonna be informative too like it's so like like it's literally gonna come to the conclusion of this was fixed by me fixing my meditation routine if it does end up fixing it but um and also just you know other things but uh like it would you call it extreme ownership yeah extreme ownership does there's a book the by, Is it by accountability yeah, basically. Right. So that take accountability. So if I would take empathy as my number one attribute that makes people accountability is another one, right? So that's part of yeah. my leadership. Like I have all these things and I've always wanted to write them down. Um, but accountability, every time I own stuff that's never been my fault. Mm -hmm. You just people respect that so much. And they like I have so many people that worked for me that would run through a wall of fire for me because of these things taking the ownership you know what i mean yeah there's so many little attributes that if people had they'd be more successful my favorite one is a i i in the financial services i got this job working for a guy named mike Barron. hey mike how you doing you're never gonna watch this so sad. <laughs> um, you never it's know too lazy now he'll never watch it um but i worked for him in sales and then i left that job to go somewhere else to expand my horizons to do marketing and other stuff and i he stayed in the job and I did seven other things, took my skill set next level. Then I joined another company and I needed to hire out a team. And I said, hey, Mike, you want to 
come over and work here. He's like, yeah, why not? He's like, I'm like, would you be okay working for me? He's like, I'd fucking work for you any day. Right. Because yeah. the respect. I mean, that's that's real respect. Like, you have to earn respect. for oh, people. Oh, you, no. you can't just expect people to respect you. Yeah. You can't demand respect. No. You have to earn it. No, that was one of the prouder things. And to this day, yeah. he's like, that was, you know, you, you're commendable to you. Yeah. No, respect, but yeah. that's we both were mature enough to handle that. Right. Yeah. And I've I've hired. So the nice thing about my, when I was uh, I'm an individual contributor now, but I was a, uh, I had about 10 people. I, I want to hire people that can do everything I can do and better. I want them to, you know, like I'm I, a lot of people hire people. They get nervous that people are going to expose that they're better. No, hire them and get them out of my group because they can take on, you know, yeah. but I've been successful. I've been lucky, not successful, mm-hmm. lucky that the people I brought in that were my peers or higher than me that mm-hmm. came to work for me. Right. That's so rewarding. Right. That shows their maturity, my maturity. Yeah. Um, I love that. And then they all just go off. They learn a little bit and then they go do their own thing. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love some of the people I've hired going on to be industry leaders is like the most rewarding. Like I want them to be better than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I just don't think people think like that. Like so pe- so many people are the so self-conscious is, you, and nervous. You get you you do win from that, not just knowing that somebody you like helped out or is a friend of yours yeah. goes on to bigger and better things than you. Like my hope is that like like with the podcast, I want people to know anything about my routine, my, my routine or my my Whatever. my process, yeah. anything I can teach them, because most people aren't going to be able to do it as well as I do. But there's going to be a small percentage of people who can take what I do, make it better. Next level. Yeah. I get to yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Well, and you you seek out how to get better at things. Yeah. So that you're giving people and, the opportunity to. To see other things, hear other things, and, and make and, them better. And like listening to, like back when I used to like listen to Tim Ferriss podcasts and and, and listen, read his books. Like when I was really trying to shape my routine, my daily, my like my my everything, and and that that inspired the crap out of me to pay razor sharp attention to everything I figured out about my process every step of the way. Pay very close attention to it. And then figure out how do I verbalize that to somebody so that when they hear it, those words, they can replicate that exact process and get the same success that I got. That's that's what the podcast yeah, is all about. Cool. Yeah. And 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 it, at first, I didn't know how to do that when I started the podcast. But after so many episodes, we're at 16 now, and I re-listen to each one, I now know, oh, wait, that's how you say this thing. That's how you say that. It's like read. It's like writing. It's like writing and then revising. You, you when you write, you write something. You write. You brain vomit. You, you write a shitty first draft. You make it really terrible. That's good. And then you reread it after a day. You've sobered up from yeah. it. Yeah. And and the, you reread it and you're like you reread it completely. And then you're like, I can. That's good. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. These are the things I want to rewrite it based around. But I wouldn't know them if I didn't write that. Like the that script that four hundred page manuscript, I reread it, started or reread most of it, hated it. Nothing was usable. I couldn't rewrite that, but but because I wrote that, I remember loosely. This comes back to distance. I remember what I was what I thought I was writing because when I was writing through it, mm-hmm. what I thought was I was writing is still in my head. Yeah, and you just didn't get it out the right way. New Year's in twenty twenty one. I had the idea on how to make it into a 12 part series and I then spent nine months developing it and that outline, I, I just got to reorganize it, but it's all finished. Gotcha. 
and it's going to be it's going to be the thing it's going to be my big hail mary project okay. it's going to be it's either going to be a 12 part series mini series or it's going to be like a four hour epic or or a, you know several hour epic broken into two yeah. parts like kill bill you know that's like that's that's like the and then i i recently had like but i'm but i was like kind of like the world war ii film was like this is gonna be something that's gonna be hard to top and because it's it's like there's so many interwoven complex characters to it like 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 and, and like a small example of that is like my sketches where each character like kind of has their payoff um and a flaw that they're fighting against um through the store through by by means of the story that they're engaged in and that the audience is engaged in with them that applies to all 12 characters throughout and then each episode also has a back mini backstory of each character for that 12 part thing um and it's one of the hardest projects I've ever put together, but it's like one of those things that if you can just pull it off, people are yeah. going to be like, dude, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> That's cool. Like, and, and it's like, it's like, inter like inception, like people watch that and they're like, how the fuck you do that? 10 years of developing it. Yeah. And this, this thing's not 10 years, but it's, well, no, I started back in 2013. So we're getting, we'll be getting there eventually. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, where was I going with that? <laughs> no, we're the same. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, you're, I'm trying, it's, this is really hard for me to do this because I like to be the talker. I think I'd like to hear my own thoughts out Go loud for or it. something. No, but, but this has been really good for me to let you riff and go and talk. <laughs> no, it really has. Yeah. Um, it's freaking challenging as hell. I can't tell you how hard this has been to just sit here and not speak and listen. Um, it's, I appreciate it. No, it's just a side note, but uh, can I change topics? Go for it. Go for it. Did you see the new Spider-Man? Not yet. Are you, I, are I you a Marvel guy or no? I with somebody, but no. Uh, um, I, I, I mean, I, I like watching movies if they're yeah. art films yeah. or or blockbusters. Yeah. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I mean, but I, I, I I'll, like I'll dish the on them. Yeah, I, don't, I like some of them. I don't like some. But I'll tell you, um, that that was the best there was. That I gotta see it. Yeah, I and I don't want to give you spoilers. No spoiler alert. But uh, you should go see it. In the theater. I'm, I'm going to go see and, um, Because a lot of the Marvels are like really CGI heavy and not as much, you know, like, all right, they're fighting again. And it, mm -hmm. this was uh, really well done. Somebody was really cute and creative with it. And I, that's all I'll leave you at that. All right. Because right. I've been hearing so much. I'm like, I got to see this. No, it's it's worth it's definitely worth seeing. I hope I hope it's not hyped up so much, but um, I'm not a huge Marvel guy. I like a few of them. I you know, take or leave a bunch of them. I'm a Deadpool guy. I love Deadpool. Deadpool is my favorite, probably my favorite. Is that an, I don't know if that's yeah, an action hero movie. I see why you like that. It's like, just, so, it breaks all the rules. Ryan Reynolds yeah. is hilarious. He's walking around with a little baby penis. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> it's absurd. It's a, look at him go. He's just shirt cocking it. He's just looking at him go. Like some of those quotes, like who wrote that? Somebody wrote, look at him. He's just shirt cocking it. What's that guy's name? JT with a tall guy. Yeah, uh, TJ Miller. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Dude, so fucking, he's, he I love steals. that shit. Oh, oh so good. God. And then even the, in that room when he's got the little baby penis and then, and then the old lady's like, you know. <laughs> Why is your hand so small? It's not my it hand. Makes it, it, makes like, it, it makes it feel, makes it feel so much bigger. Like, <laughs> like somebody wrote that. Like, that's amazing. Anyway. No, I, I want to write shit. Like, yeah, oh yo. my god, it's so funny. I think you'll like the. <laughs> I think you'll like the my my, my first feature film script. That I've, I've got. yeah, it's gonna be funny. Um, right, well, I'm, I'm, we're gonna be sharing scripts. Um, so yeah, I want to see yours. Let me get back to the festival thing. Go for it. Okay, so I like that idea. So, by the way, so festival. I'd like you to iterate this idea with me over time because I think yeah, let's if, work if on there this. already is one. I don't like to, re I, you know, I kind of, I get, I get, um, 
I, I'm not as excited. I like yeah. being the first of it. So there might be some comedy stuff. I mean, it's usually in bigger what, festival the, of comedy. What, we got to figure out what's the different thing that we're doing. When I think about it, it's, I keep going back to what the world needs now is to smile, right? So it, it's born out of a very miserable world right now. Everybody's at each other's throats. So we create this festival to put the smile back on people's faces, Let, focused on yeah. comedy. Something so it might that's the mission something that utilizes will. social like something where we we're gonna have a festival for it and the best stuff we're gonna put to a social media and, and YouTube and, and yeah put it out there yeah yeah no no like we promise you as the filmmaker we're gonna get you on all these platforms right yeah um, there's ways you can pay for social media influencers to like promote it. You can mm -hmm. offer that because you, you pay the social media. I, I didn't realize that, but you, you pay the social media influencer, somebody who's got a million followers, you pay them to plug and show one of your things, but you just pay it, right? So yeah. for $2,000, I could pay a social media that all million other people are going to see this thing. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. Your, your cop, what's what's the name of your cop? Non-committal cop, yeah. Yeah, non-committal cop, right? If you knew you could pay five grand to get a million people to how, watch How do you that. do it? Like, I, I, if I There's knew. agencies that do it for you. Oh, yeah, okay. no, it's crazy. I never knew that, right? So if I, I, I got trapped if I really in believed Facebook in something, ads. Yeah, I, I did a little bit of that. Yeah. I, I tell you, I got a lot of hits. But I don't know if they're real hits. I don't yeah. know what they are. But it's pretty cool, the analytics you get. Like, only somebody in yeah. Sweden watched this. Um, but no, the Facebook ads, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, they... For the price, they worked for me because it was like eight bucks and I got all these views, right? Um, I don't know how great the views are or not, but it just felt good. Right? Mm. It felt good to see yeah. the number because you could say, well, this this thing got a thousand views. Your your Lego thing got a thousand views. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's not an insignificant number. I posted right? it to Reddit or, or I posted it to a bunch of different places. Right. Well, and that's a niche one. So if you ever want anything to get a you got to find it. like Lego and Lego animation. You're going to. Um, my friend that does a podcast, uh, they want me to, that'll be my second podcast. It's called What's Wrong With You? So they interview interesting people that are a little bit off base and they just probe their questions like, what's wrong with you? That That's probably the most asked question to me mm. that I get. Dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right? Because I just do random weird stuff. Yeah. Right? And I just don't care what people think of it. So anyway, so they, um, they did a thing on pro wrestling. It was the first ever pro wrestling videotaped event. There wasn't even ring ropes. Mm -hmm. It was in like this field. And it was like mostly headlocks. It was like the most boring thing ever. They got so many people watching it because wrestling is like a niche thing, a yeah. cult thing, right? Harry Potter, like, you know. Um, like Legos. Legos is a niche. Absolutely. Yeah. Like people love it, right? It's, so You got to know what people are looking up and yeah, searching. You the yeah, keywords. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. But the comedy festival, like, I want to do it. The mission statement is to put a smile on people's faces. Mm. What I'll do, I'll do the initial research. But what I was going to offer here is that, you know, you've got filmmakers watching this, you know, all 49 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, big I'll number. Know. It's a bit individually. 50 if you count me. Individually in a group <laughs> chat. <laughs> no, but, but hey, bring it. And we're going to give, so we want, what, the one we won, we won 500 bucks. The Baltimore one. 500 yeah. bucks. Nothing, right? So I'd love to get 20 to 50 different pieces of content in. We can put them into categories. And I'd love to give them a nice thousand dollar reward, fifteen hundred dollar reward, yeah. something that's meaningful for them. They'll buy the next lens that they need or whatever it is. Yeah. They get the laurel, right? That shows recognition of something mm. that was reviewed. And I think they win, I win. 
And yeah, then the goal we would get be, to, we, we network, we meet other yeah. people in the industry. And we also build a platform. Yeah. yeah. And that platform that we can then use to distribute we our own work. We won't know what it's going to become until we do it. I know. Yeah. Right. That's the that. fun part, right? Like, like I, I have a general sense, but it's going to go a different direction and it's going to be awesome. Like, I didn't know, like, I, I still don't know what this podcast is. Nobody does. Nobody does. That's why, <laughs> that's why all 49 of us watch but intently. It's it. The real reason is, you know, aside from what it could become is what, I get to do here sitting talking with someone like yourself like a lot of the stuff I, I wouldn't have known if this I didn't is sit one down on one networking you. you've done it now 15 times right yeah well 14 well 16. 15 because well, one's yeah, you or, yeah one's two just of them you two of them. you so can't network yourself 14, yeah I know you yeah, want no, to <laughs> hey no. Tom how are you what's what's your but look that, your experience you, you with a this? network of filmmakers it, it starts as comedy but you're gonna everybody does different things but mm. I I, I want to do that so I just want to make sure that there's nothing like that that's that specific. I know you can do a comedy in any festival, but and I don't know if it's well, here's like you could have dark comedy short, you could who, have regular comedy short. I say I say who cares about what specifically we're doing that you know anybody can replicate. Let's do it our way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason why it's called Tom Pro, my, it's got my name on the podcast. I didn't know where it was going to go, you know, at the start. Right. And I spent for years, I was like, I want to do a podcast. And then what got me to do it was just to name it after me. Eventually, I came up with the name Tom Profit Take. It was originally started as Tom, a Tom Profit Podcast, which is a shitty name. But it oh, get, I, think, get, I think it's really ingenious. It, get, it got me started. <laughs> but it gets me started. Yeah. We, 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 you know, make the festival something to, you know, with the goal, like you said, make people laugh yeah. and to, you know, create a platform and and with the goals that we can think of at the moment, yeah. there's a book called Rework, and it's ba it basically redefines business as um, business plans are just business best guesses. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah. it's better to come. It's just it's better to come up with a, the best plan you can and get started, and then learn from starting, and yep. then you know keep. You got to do it. People get paralyzed by never doing it. Yeah, I'm I'm big on doing it. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, so I write business plans as part of my job, and to me, this would be a three page business plan of what we think it's going to be, right, and just let it run, right. And we think it. You know, I think about unifying the world through comedy. I think about these buzz phrases that would be good, right, um, and then just let it roll. Let it roll. Get some submissions in. Mm. See what happens. See yeah. if we meet people. But like, I'm in a fortunate enough position to be able to help people make their movie, incent them with money to help fund their project, mm -hmm. which is what most of you all need, right? Yeah. Am I right? I mean, what's mm -hmm. you've well, you've got. I don't know how you got this equipment. Mom and dad are probably in a lot of hawk now, right? But now this is this is an expensive set, right? Yeah. Um. So, but not everybody has this. Yeah. Um. Some people have to rent the equipment and you get gouged. Like it would be yeah. great to help pay some of that forward to people that we, that we, cause you get there to me, I would want to meet the person and see their product. Yeah. I wouldn't blindly say, okay, that four minute short was the best of all of them. I also want to meet the person. So I don't want to give money to a dick. Yeah. That would not be cool. Right. Mm. A person that has attitude, thinks their shit doesn't stink and I don't care about that person. They're just a douche. We can find the right I have a people. no douche rule. I love this idea because- I mean, it gives me this, I mean, I'd be able to like me, I'm looking for other filmmakers like that would introduce us to, Yeah. you know, I, I, I do, I have thought before about the idea of one day maybe doing a festival as for the same fucking reason you're talking about is, is a way to meet the 
yeah. the, the, the yeah. people. You get you get your own festival as opposed to having to go to it's Sundance not just or whatever. To, yeah. you know, create a business and yeah. make money from no. it. But it's you're getting to network. You're meeting yeah. these filmmakers 100%. and you're you're yeah. seeing their work yeah. and 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 yeah. Like And by the way, I love doing special events as my first job. Exton yeah. Square Mall, special events coordinator, mm -hmm. hired Santa, Easter Bunny. 19 years old, I'm, I'm interviewing Easter Bunnies. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but no, that's fun because you put, then the actual event of the festival is my, I love that. There's nothing like after an event, seeing it was successful. You were at our small event. I didn't yeah. put much of anything into that other than Saloon well, Girl. Well, it was a good event. And was, for, for, well, I mean, people showed up. Yeah. I was so nervous building up to that that nobody was going to show up. Uh, oh, you yeah. did great, man. No, we, uh, we packed the house. They made money. We, we got the word out. We lost money. <laughs> How funny is that? Now, I, I miscalculated uh, the events I, go, I mentioned, the Michael Barkan Foundation. But, you know, that's pretty well off. People go to that, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like, a, you know, 100 bucks a head. But you're also getting a hobnob with celebrities and feel like a elitist for yeah. a night. Um, that wasn't who we invited to our thing, right? We had, we had starving artists, people that are, you know. So, like, yeah, they're not going to go deep yeah. pocket and, like... Um, so yeah, we lost money, but it, it was, I wouldn't have changed it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love doing events. So putting on a festival to me would be fun. Yeah. The thing is like my, my next, my feature film I want to do is I, I want to have an event like that. I want to be able to throw like a premiere. I almost had a premiere for my one feature film. That was like the first film I did in five years. Um, I, I almost had a premiere for it. And then within a few weeks of it happening COVID hit mm. and that was yeah like we had dragged our feet about planning it and then we finally got it done and then three months ahead of time and we were like we planned it three months out and then date came around COVID mm. hit and so we had to cancel it uh, and then the venue actually closed since mm. then so that's just sad yeah uh, they were really nice people um but you know that like I, I really I feel like I missed out on that and I planned to do that for my my first feature film and, and I, which, but i want you going to premiere what we were i want to what which were you going to do that closed down with covid you said you were it was gonna feeding do the fire okay it was a it's a romantic drama about a guy trying to break out of the friend zone yeah i watched the first i think i watched the trailer only of that yeah. one yeah okay yeah um i'm intrigued by that one that's why i was doing a lot of this this morning i'm like i'm coming back to this one because i was yeah. really i'm a friend zone guy man i've lived in the friend zone yeah it's a rough I, place you to know be. what though that film it, this is the beauty of making films for me is is i made that film because i had pitched this like i told yeah like some people like 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 well at the time when i was like i i didn't i wasn't as passionate about things as i am now i got i've gotten more passionate about things as i continue making films i'll be more passionate in five years mm -hmm. than i i was five years ago you know or now or today you know i mean i'm but that back then we'll get the passion that was one of the things it's to big. talk about when I did that film, um, the thing that was most searing to me at the time was this, this woman I I met, um, at, like at, at a, like a restaurant or something, and Chuck E. Cheese and <laughs> Applebee's. No, no, like we, uh, it was a, uh, it was actually it's like five minutes from here, <laughs> um, but it's basically like like I I I got like I ended up having a crush on her, and she ended up getting back with her ex before I could you know. Mm. And so, and then I had to work with her for a while. Then I, I, we both left the place and then started talking with her thinking that, you know, something seems different. I think she's like not seeing it, but turned out later, I found out she was still, and uh, it, I don't know, it was just something to, I mean, it was just that, and that was 
that that became like a basis to in, inspiration to do something else on um and and kind of base it off of loosely and it was basically yeah this this guy who's you know friends with this woman um is you know he 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 he's he's trapped by the fear and the feeding the fire the whole meaning of that which kind of it comes to the whole thing of titles that don't make any sense to people or pe people i make people were always usually wrong about what i'm really really meant about it which is typical you know it's it's when you're doing a when it's, it was like the first poetic title i've ever done okay but uh they it basically was he had to feed the fire that would break him through his fear the passion was the fire okay so it was it was a, the whole film was about him building up the the need to break through and at the time i was made i was trying to build up the passion to get out of the the paralysis of of analysis of making films and doing it, it was just by doing it yeah. it was by acting you know or i mean like you're, you're going engaging in action you know mm -hmm. you know you have to do it yeah. it's so simple yet so hard if you want to make films make films yeah. don't go to fucking film school spend thousands of dollars just to have a bunch of ideas what, that aren't what mark are we johnny this is my buddy johnny i'm going to tell you about in a minute yeah yeah he'll love this but yeah I'll, school, I'll let you know right? yeah, i'll yeah. you know i'll yeah. let you know like when yeah. i in the the time no the time stamps yeah <laughs> but i and at the time because i made that film and i got over the the paralysis of making films and also just you know i made a film where i'm supposed to have an on-screen kiss i'm do you know I'm, I'm basically saying all this rehearsing all this talking about all these ideas and you know been in that headspace of you need to just break out of it you know this person who i crushed on for years i didn't say anything to i told her like i like i just came out and told her like this is yeah, yeah. like like mm -hmm. i mean that's i just yeah like i, I told hard her to do man and i haven't been like stopped being friends with her um but <laughs> yeah you know like it it but that was the most freeing thing in the yeah world. you have to do it man and yeah. i'm with you ever since whenever i have feelings for somebody i let them know yeah like like uh you know and, and i i the event like i i have to tell them yeah. And in order to continue to being being honest with them, being honest with myself, um, you know, I I can't like I, if I get trapped in my feelings for somebody, thinking in my head, what if I end up becoming like I I I, I just I I start to hate myself mm. because I can't like I'm trapped by this thing. And I, what I'm trapped by is my own fear. Yeah. Now I, I do it in a way where I'm not going to, I don't want to make the person uncomfortable. That's right. Yeah. That's important. You like the person, right? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, like, yeah. I just have to let you know this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm just, and honestly, part of it is to say it so that, you know, you can give me a yes or no, yeah. and then I can move, move on, on. Yeah. with my life. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I learned from that, like that, that was something that I struggled with for years through elementary school, through high school, all those years, I would like someone. Yep. And think why can't i get with them because like, you're not fucking say anything yeah. you don't do yeah. anything you yeah. just you it's have fear. feelings and it's you, fear i had the same thing you're trying fear. not yeah. to have yeah. them know yeah i uh so i just had an anchorman moment i don't know if you're a fan Go of anchorman series but uh as you were saying you just gotta get a he says that's one scene i'm just gonna throw this out there you can throw it. You could, you could throw it back. <laughs> do you remember this scene poolside i'm just gonna throw this out there you could throw it back you could take it whatever you want to do oh. <sighs> I want to be on you, right? It was that was the scene. I was just 
<laughs> right? That was such a classic. I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Anyway, no, but that's a tough thing to do. I actually, uh, I'm in a great, you know, fear. I wish I had no fear like I do now back in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was paralyzed by fear of girls and asking them. And I would write them notes and I would throw it away. Oh, I can't do like just yeah. the fear of rejection was huge. Um, but yeah, I, but now I don't have it. So I do say what I'm thinking at all times, um, which is nice. Uh, anyway. All right. So I have an idea for, for right now. You ready? Yes. Rapid fire. You've got questions. I've got little to no answers, but I'm going to try, but you have questions. Let's do a rapid fire round. Not, not the meaningful one, not the, what makes a great film and not what do you want to be not remembered for, but what was, what was the one you were saying? It's at the end. You like to ask people deep rapid fire questions. You want to do that right now? Yes. Um, also, how long? And how then much longer, How much longer do you want to do this? Uh, it's up to you. I'm, I, I can go nothing. for as long as you want. All right, we're we're just gonna go until we exhaust ourselves. Go for it. Yeah. All right, and then I'm gonna pull up so, my questions. I might hit you with some. All right, all right. So wait, all right. let me get let me get my list. Yeah, down yeah. Here. yeah. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I wrote down was DP. I wanted to make sure that I got out there that you just got to stop. He said DP just twice. I thought you were gonna say it more by now. Um, would you like to explain to your audience? It's uh, director of photography. Okay, so not double penetration dop we'll just call it dop from now that on. you should <laughs> right you can't have you an go acronym film, go on film.org it's all the watch watch there's like a film thing that's spelled a-n-a-l and then you almost just keep saying anal <laughs> right like like you can't have something from the porn world be the same acronym you just can't because children like me just think dp we go into beavis and butthead and we're like huh, huh, he's a dp uh-huh. deep right. deep rapid fire questions all let's right. do this ready and go Oh, wait, are we going to do it? You, no, me, you, me, you hit you, me. me. You, you hit me and then you're going to retort maybe okay, if you don't okay. like it. Who are you and what is your value that you provide others in the world? Oh, man, I make people laugh. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a life coach. I've always been a life coach, not having any expertise in it, but I like to coach people. Um, Ryan doesn't know he's being coached. He's being coached. Adam was being coached. Like I just, that's the role I, feel like I I'm being coached. You absolutely are. I didn't want to say it until I left, but no, no, but like just little nuggets here and there to try and help good people, um, grow and that sort of thing. But I, you know what? I, um, I was very creative and artsy younger, not artsy. I was, a, I was a jock. Then I started doing spoken word. You know what spoken word yeah, is? Yeah. I did that like end of college. I got in a band. I I faked backing vocals and I faked keyboards. Mm-hmm. Best acting I ever did. By the way, I'm a hell of an actor. I just don't look good. You should make a film and act in it. I I actually I'll shoot it. I took one acting class. I think this is in one year. Th- I took an acting class in college, and I scared the shit out of the teacher because it was like about a disgruntled cop who was this, and I just went zone. I went in the zone and right? I scared. Dude, I'm people. not I'm not kidding. What's right and you right. And direct a film. I'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, I don't want to be. I don't need to be credited as director or co-director. I'll, but I'll basically help. I want to see if I could really do it. I I knew I could do it on the stage. Watch my film, Feeding the Fire. Okay, we'll do that. All right, write a non-location or or a film that's easy to put together. Okay, and and I'll I'll be I'll dop it. Yeah, I want you to dop me, but I want. (laughs) It's too easy, (laughs) but like. Comedy, comedy's hard to act, right? <laughs> See, and in his head now. Every time he does a podcast and says "DP," an image of me is going to be in his head. I'm in your head, DP boy. I will. It's, oh I'm just going to think about that. All right, so, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So I think comedy acting is really hard. 
Um, it's one of the harder ones, but I like the, I like to stir somebody to emotion. So I would love, I just want to do a scene that I want to see if I can do it. Like I've never done it. Right. I did it on a stage. I'll write something with you in mind. I just want to do something to just say, dude, I was fucking scared. You know what I mean? Like just to see if I'm right. Cause I think I can do it. I did it. What, what, what kind of role do you want to play? I don't know. I don't know. I think it, something intense, I think something intense. Um, but anyway, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, where was I? Go? Oh, wait, the question, who am I? I'm just a fucking guy. Uh, but I'll tell you, um, so the spoken word, so I was creative and then I went to financial services mm-hmm. and I, I was making 30 K at 30 years old. I don't know how old you are now, but that mm-hmm. doesn't go very far these days. Um, and I just, I just wanted to have a family and a kid. So I just dominated the industry and I went from 30 to 35 to 50 and I just kept going. Right. I found that it was easy to dominate the industry because I think I'm, uh, I, I'm a good listener, right? I hear what the customers want and I play it back to them and they then appreciate that. I have good personality skills. I have pretty good intellect so I can pick up and absorb a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Not anything at a very deep level, but everything at a level that makes me uh, dangerous, if you will. Yeah. And uh, crushed it in that industry to the point of uh, beyond what I ever thought I'd be. Um, and now I'm getting back to the creative stuff. Yeah, right. So yeah. now I'm spending all my non-working hours on a series. I have like 15 projects. I'm actually having my friend Mary, you met Mary, saloon girl. Mm-hmm. She's gonna come sit with me and hear me talk about each project and see if she can see which ones I should focus on based on if she hears more passion or if she thinks it's better. Cause my goal right now is make people smile. I you you talk about I want to leave a mark on mm-hmm. the world, right? I've had this weird thing since I was a kid about being a hero, hero syndrome, kind of, I don't know what I, what I would call it, but like, I want to save the world. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, and- Kind of, same. Yeah, the last the last two years, it needs saving more than ever. Yeah. And I firmly believe most of us agree, 80%, we agree on 80% of stuff, but it just doesn't feel that way. So uh, it's really affected my you mental state. You know why state. it is? It's the algorithms. The algorithms, a lot of, don't, a lot of it is. they don't, they they're, don't they're, help. They show, They yeah. don't help, the, the constant, repeated narrative in the face of facts is weird too mm-hmm. you hearing something in there? yeah i didn't know if they were opening the door or something oh, okay. um but no uh and the constant narrative like i can't believe i'll watch a politician say something with a certain phrase and then i'll see it on this news channel and that news channel and it's all repeating the same thing yeah that makes no sense to me right yeah. so i started questioning things um the last couple of years have been really weird and really i was down for a little while now i'm back but because i was getting all this negative energy. I lost a lot of friends over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. whether it started with uh, political stuff and then COVID and all. I just realized that not a lot of people are independent thinkers anymore. Critical thinking is yeah. lost. Now they call them sheeple. People are just following their thing. And I get it. And some people don't want to get political or whatever, but like to me, critical thought, my son, um, you know, he's in college now and they, you know, there's this, all these stories about like colleges are teaching you certain narratives and certain this and that and learning. That concerns me. I want him to have critical thinking, right? So um, I'm. I he hates it, but I I break down issues um, to make him. What do you think about this? Not what they're telling you to think, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what you mentioned it. You were saying things, and you're like, that's not even me. That's what I heard because I don't have the time to mm-hmm. research, right? Um, so my point was hero mode. I want to fix it. I actually developed an app. It's called Voices Heard. But the whole concept to that one was this was the political one. Was it? Where do you go for your truth? Where do you go for your news? Name one journalist 
that you know that you know is not giving you spin matt taibbi who goes on the show rogan podcast yeah doesn't count yeah no no like you can't go Substack. you can't go any of these other outlets where yeah. independent people go give me a journal dan rather peter jennings tom brokaw walter cronkite bernard shaw wolf blitzer back in the day these were all places that you went and you watched sam donaldson you watched and you just took them at their word of what they were reporting yeah. was factual because it was it was called journalism name one now this actually reminds me of um i i watched uh the master class by the guy who did, uh, uncovered watergate okay. um what was his name bob woodward yeah. woodward bob, bernstein, bob, woodward yep. bernstein. Yep. his master class on journalism and investigative journalism and uh one of the things he talked about is that they used to you have to fa you had to find um s multiple sources mm -hmm. for every fact yep. yep now they don't no your source can be twitter yeah a guy on Twitter. No, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And and like it's because they're trying to compete with social media. Yeah. Like I think if they just if they just went what if what if there was a way to go back to the old way and create a like a like a media platform, a news agency or whatever a, in modern day that is built the way that they should have been. They should be or they yeah. have had been yeah. in the past when it worked. Yeah. You know? Facts let you determine kind of what you think of it, right? Yeah. But fact. So anyway, start with that. So um, the app is called Voices Heard. And basically, it's a, you know, issues of the day. So what mm -hmm. are the top issues of today? You got COVID, vaccines, mm -hmm. um, inflation, um, build back better, right? I don't know how, you know, this, the buzz is the day. Mm -hmm. You go there and there's curated articles of all ilks that are telling you the facts. Mm -hmm. What you're going to mark this one down at your timestamp. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll re-listen to this and break in, in the last couple of years, you're hearing the word existential threat. That's two words, actually. Existential threat a lot. Yeah. Right? Everything's an existential threat to put fear in people's minds. Right? So the, the one I'm going to tell you right now that's going to be 2022 is voting. Disenfranchisement, um, Voting Rights Act. So they the the whole narrative keeps changing you know um it was the green energy that one died now they're going to put that one away we're going to go voting right we're going to go max uh vaccines we're going to go like so the, they pick this narrative they meaning whoever the global is and they just hammer it mm -hmm. you watch this two months from now everybody's gonna be talking about voting rights just mark it down I, I, I know because there's strategists already saying that here's what we're going to do. And it's meant to divide people. It's meant to raise money on the fringes, pro and con. Both places benefit. We're going to raise mm -hmm. money to fight it. We're going to raise money. But everything's an existential threat to our democracy. How many times have you heard that? Right? It's insane. It's yeah. insane. Um, how hard is it for you to vote? Not very hard. <laughs> right? How hard yeah. is it for anybody to vote? Not very hard. Uh, maybe easier to cheat than ever. Yeah. Maybe. But like, what's existential about voting rights right now? Like, you know, so not to get political, you're supposed to do the thing. But so, so it curates our, because I'm independent. Well, this is what makes it better. I'm independent, right? So yeah. I go where the facts are and I formulate my own opinions. I go to about 10 different sources. This is a new thing for me because of the way the world got divided. So I'm passionate about it because it doesn't need to be like that. And we're all losing friends mm -hmm. and we're all losing family members. Mm -hmm. I know multiple people that won't talk to their family because of yeah. whatever it was Trump or vaccine or whatever, right? It's insane. It's insane family, right? That's mm -hmm. supposed to be the one you never get. So curated articles, you read about it, okay? You decide your own opinion. Then 
it actually goes to the next page and says, see what your politicians are saying. So your local and your national, they're right up on what they think about it. Now I get to decide how I want to vote or how I want them to vote. In the old days, it was representative democracy, right? Mm -hmm. You hire a representative that go votes on the behalf of your district. Sounds right. They don't do town halls anymore. They don't come ask us, right? But this way, there's an app that creates, uh, so vaccine mandates, do they work, right? Don't know, right? But everybody votes in the district, mm -hmm. okay? Then it shows you how all your other peers voted. It shows you how the the local representatives voted and it scores the local representatives vote when they do it in Congress against what their people did, mm -hmm. right? So, because politicians are just voting with special interests on it. So now you're giving a scorecard of how often that representative of your district is voting for or against what the people want. And it makes them accountable for the first time. Yeah. They're not accountable right now. So I developed this whole app. It turned out great. It was, again, it was a fiver, maybe 200 bucks. I'll show it to you after the thing. Um, but to me, it's educate people so they're not just repeating the narrative. Let them formulate an opinion. Let it be curated independently. The hardest thing is going to be an independent writer. Like you, you couldn't name a journalist. You, who was the guy you named? Matt Taibbi. Okay. So somebody that you think is down the middle, just reporting facts, right? Yeah. I want the Matt Taibbi's to write it up. I don't want any bias in there. And you can smell bias when you read. I read these articles. I'm like, oh my God, this is the most biased article yeah. ever. Um, anyway, so what got me on that? I have no idea. Um, we were on rapid fire questions. Oh, we, lead, we led down. Passion. Did you want, did you want to go back to? Oh, hero mode. Hero mode. I, I, can, I can make a change. If I get this app made, I have a couple of politicians that are going to be on board as beta testers. Yeah. That can make a real change in the mindset of people to get back to, because critical thinking is gone. It's gone. Yeah. And it's hurt. And people just come off stupid. Like they're not thinking for themselves. So I'm trying to reverse that trend. Yeah. So that's my, that's my last, you know, what am I passionate about? I also want to be happy day to day. So I found this other thing. I'm trying to, I sat with myself to say, what makes me happy, right? Bunch of different things. I like to go out and talk to people. So I'm doing that. Um, I miss relationships. I haven't dated in forever by choice, but I don't miss the sexual stuff. Or anything. I miss going on dates and just having fun and laughing yeah. and maybe holding hands and snuggling on the couch. I don't require anything else, right? So you don't necessarily have to be in love or dating somebody to do that. I've actually hired a cuddler. <laughs> I've heard about those. Twice. Really? Twice. What's that like? Um, I, I realized through a therapy that I need human touch. Yeah. Was it the five love languages? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, while, while touch might not be my top, it's important to my mental health. I started, uh, I went to a therapist, said, try massage. It was a game changer. Having somebody just kind of, wow, I could feel the energy. I felt better. Human touch. I wasn't in a hugging household, kissing household. Yeah. I don't remember if I've ever hugged my mom or dad. I don't remember. If I did, it was a kid. We just don't do that, right? Yeah. And then in my marriage, married 19 years, we grew apart. So there wasn't love there for like the last 10, right? Mm -hmm. So I realized that was through therapy. So I did the massage. That worked. She's mentioned cuddling. I'm like, I'll try anything, man. I will try. And by the way, my one friend says, you should never say you'll try anything once. You should say you should try it twice. It's the first time you were probably drunk. <laughs> and the example she uses. You should try five times. The example she uses is anal. Oh my God. She's like, because the first time, how do you know you liked it? You were drunk, right? And the answer has always been yes. I say this to people all the time. I'm like, you're right. I don't know. Because a lot of people just do it once. And they're like, I don't know. Did I like it? Like, well, you were probably drunk. 
Anyway, so you should do everything <laughs> twice. I love that. That's Mara. That's the podcast. That's the other podcast person, Mara. So try everything twice because the first time you're probably drunk. Anyway, um, so, you know, human touch cuddling. I paid for it. I, Cuddle Comfort's the name of the app. It's completely legit. There's nothing sexual about it. There's all these ground rules. You know, wear your pajamas. Um, I did it. I felt great for days because I'm just like, just like. Like the one I watched. Wait, how long was it? Like movie, an hour session, uh, and it, you pay hourly. You don't want to know how much it is. It's expensive. Yeah. Um. But you know, they taught me different positions and stuff. I like I like the, her head on my chest, my arm around her while we're watching a movie. That's my that's my go to. Wow. Um. You could spoon. You could reverse spoon. There's all these other. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I learned something new. But I knew it. It made me feel great for days. So I'm seeking out all these things that are going to make me feel good. Yeah. To make my this makes me feel good. Oh, cool. Helping people okay. makes me feel, this isn't me, separate. Helping people makes me feel good, right? Um, going to a wine tasting and trying different stuff and like feeling sophisticated and eating it with cheese makes me feel good. Yeah. Just, I'm doing things that make me feel good. Um, so that's kind of, so I'm make myself happy, help others, leave a mark. Like you said, legacy, people mm -hmm. want to leave a mark. As you get older, you'll get into that. Sounds like you're already there now a little bit. A little bit. I'm 20. I just turned 26. But like Christmas. leaving, a, like you already said something about like helping others. And yeah, I want to be able to help. You're, you're finding that peers, very early. Who, Mine was yeah. about 45. I started thinking about legacy. Like I got a great son. That's my main legacy. But I want to leave a mark. I kind of, I don't know if it's being remembered, but I don't want this. If I am digging up worms, I don't want it to be for nothing. I want to have left something that yeah. was impactful in a broad scale. I felt that way since I was a little kid, and I don't know why that is. Um, so now that I have yeah, the means, I've, I've, I've I mean, been, I felt that, and I, I I'm acknowledging that more and more, and and you know, people. I'm so yeah. that was my nonprofit, and I have the means to help people because I busted my ass, mm -hmm. right? So I've got a little bank in you know money in the bank where I can help people. So that feels good. Like I I um. I definitely did that too far. But anyway, so those are kind of my my main things. Let's get back to rapid fire. That wasn't very rapid, was okay, it? Okay, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. All right, dude. no, 30 dude, seconds. I, that no, was we're sticking to 30 that was seconds. Fucking fantastic. You shut up. Don't tell me it was great. I'll tell you it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was barely your purpose, average. Your purpose in life. I just kind of got into it. Yeah, now. Yeah. I, I think, um, no, now it's it's helping others. It's, uh, it's spreading joy and... Um, Making sure so my son's going to graduate without any college debt. How Fuck, great that! Fantastic, right, dude. right. That's a big deal. I feel awesome. really good. He's also learning about networking, getting on LinkedIn. Easy. I'll work on it. No, but, but get it. No, if you don't, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to stay on. <laughs> no, I'm going to be your accountability buddy. I might even do your first one. Um, do you have a resume? No. No. Oh my god. What do you, What do you do for money? I'll get into that another time. No. Well, I'm, I'll cut this out of the podcast. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh. You'll tell me afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. No, because I i mean, you have a skill set that could be making a lot of money. I'm curious. Do you do anything? You like to do your projects, right? All right. I will cut this part out. Okay. And clap off. The studio thing with Ryan? Um, no, studio. So let's. So to me, Ryan for editing, mm -hmm. right? So he been, he's got all his stuff there. You've been to his house, right? Mm -hmm. Getting out of your house and going somewhere and going to work. Oh, I bet it, it's helpful. It's really helpful. Oh, I'm yeah. missing the shit out of that right now. Um, I mean, so, I probably still do this like, because we it's have, convenient. Well, think about it. editing equipment, yeah. right? You, your podcast, like, but you mentioned if you've got, you have to tear this down and bring it back up because you're using the same equipment. Yeah. What if not? It's just invest, there. Invest you in just equipment show for up. that. Yeah. You just show up be nice. and be yeah, handsome. That's the plan eventually. And be handsome. Yeah. That's it. Not funny or intelligent, just handsome. I use, but the thing is I use, <laughs> I use cinema cameras yep. that are meant for um, like 
filmmaking yeah. and and for for uh for like so this is overkill for is, a you don't need all this that's exactly yeah. right but but i like using it getting into the idea of a little side business that's paying the utilities yeah. which is people can use that space you yeah. get to sit there and watch them nearly. but i i could tell like so with ryan he doesn't like to work on other things other than his own because he's passionate about it. I get that, right? And that's that's now yeah. it makes I sense. Mean, I mean, I'd love to get involved in other people's things. But... You, you have the ability to focus on what yeah. you want to focus on, which is super yeah. rewarding. You're in like a one. You're a one percenter in the, in the pretty much. So you're doing what you want to do. It doesn't matter that uh, you know we're in the parents' basement, which was hilarious. Yeah. when I said it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when we were on set, I said, when you what mentioned are you, like, earlier that my parents, parents pay for yeah. my stuff, I'm like, no, they don't. No, 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 no. Okay. So anyway, all right. So enough of that. Um, but yeah, I like the festival idea. I like the studio idea. Yeah. I, I like the idea I, of getting somewhere and going creative. You, you know, here's the thing. My friend Darlene, you would fucking hit it off with her. Really? You like, like you, you I mean, the three of us would be just talking about a million things. Okay. Like, right. Like the conversation we're having now, um, she's one of the people who holds me accountable most for the last few yeah. years like Good. since i met her um she's you know so um and she's probably she probably like agrees with you a lot of, about a lot, a lot of things like well I, okay accountability buddy but she, she's the one who talked about the the, the studio okay. so she might okay I, she might want to get in on it what's as she well. do is she in the business I, or I, no she's I, I think she's i forget what she does right now she's working at a church or something okay. so but she does act she's an actress she's, okay. she's gonna be okay. probably she's she's gonna be the the one of the, the the lead female role in that okay. uh, my next feature film gotcha no i love that i mean so th there's two things with legs so we have two takeaways yeah. as we say in the business two takeaways to keep going so um shit i, I had a thought and i lost it Sorry, I, I, no no where was i where was i let's just sit here awkwardly silent yeah yeah it, and see uh, if, silence see is fine go down. Silence see the is... views go down now, I learned this in public speaking. So I've spoken in front, uh, side note, spoken in front of thousands of people. Biggest one was Raymond James Conference with about 3,000 financial advisors, mm -hmm. giant room. And I get to tell people that I opened for Clinton. So I was on the same microphone, the same stage. <laughs> I passed by him in the hallway. I was right before the keynote and he was the keynote. So nice. that's pretty cool. But like speaking in front of that room, I, I, I've taken Toastmasters classes and how to speak. Pregnant, like a pregnant pause is really helpful. Let people catch up. Like yeah. you and I have been going nuts right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you do public speaking, it's like let them think. It's the hardest thing to learn. It's so hard because yeah. you're just going and you got your no, presentation like on same, the teleprompter. The same is true with films. It's like, and that's if you see a Tarkovsky film, there's a lot of yeah. there's a long pause. Yeah. The let thing is, people absorb and take it in. It takes people time with filmmaking. His films, the shots absorb you. Okay. Because you're so, it's so like, like it's just very, a lot of it's silence gotcha. a lot of times. Like yep. it's just, and or sounds or specific sounds, like not the real sounds that you would hear in a place like that. But yeah. he, everything is fully and it's just, it's so meditative and, hmm. and it just, it's, it's, it, I highly recommend it. I will. Go, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out. out his film. I, I, have you ever talked about him on any of your podcasts before? All the time. Okay. I, I do all the time. Okay. It's, and I realize I'm a broken record about it because it's, but it's just such a, I mean, it, it's it's shaped. If it wasn't so impactful for you, we wouldn't be talking about it all no, the time. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just been an obsession the last few years, like learning about a filmmaker that the beginning of watching his films, yeah. I hated him because he showed me so much I didn't know about that, that film could be. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, I don't know if I'd go his route completely because there's a part of me that lo I love Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino because they're writer directors and they're very successful at it. And they've been very successful Who, at it. Who's the guy? Do you know the movie Green Knight that came out like a year ago? Ridley Scott. 
Or wait, no, it, or no, 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 somebody. No, I don't know why I was thinking. No, Chris Nolan no, his, 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 he has a movie night movie coming out where some guy. It's like gets one of Ryan's of... favorites because we keep talking about my boyfriend. Ryan. Night, I got it. It was uh, it was one of the more disappointing things. But then I was just out with people and they thought it was the most amazing thing. It's one of those super artsy. I just didn't get it. I think like and even Ryan was disappointed with it and he loves this director. Anyway, mm. I just wanted to see. If I got to see it. it. I got to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't Sounds know if you want to see it. I thought it kind of sucked. Really? But it was visually stimulating. Did, did you see um, The the Lighthouse? I did not. With, uh, with uh, what's his, uh, the guy who's playing Batman now and the and Willem Dafoe. Oh, oh, oh Dafoe. You gotta Dafoe. love Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, the great movie. I I mean, the, I, that movie kind of, it was, it, one of the things that was really cool about it, and this is just a tangent, um, it was, it was almost one-to-one ratio which I started doing for like Instagram shorts, like okay. the sketches I've been doing for Instagram, just like in, like or just TikTok or like posting them there. It's there. It makes it f- like like for for a in terms of narrative storytelling, they did that. I think so that it felt like claustrophobic because when I was when the mm. movie started, I'm like, why is it in square? I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. But then you get immersed. Intentionally, in it. yeah. And it and it, but it's it puts you where the person is because they're he's on this island with a lighthouse and it's kind of claustrophobic and mm. trapped and he's got to deal with this other fucking guy who's out of his fucking mind mm. and that's what they that's the intention of the filmmaker and that was why that aspect ratio i bet was chosen hmm. that's what i think that's pretty cool and i mean for similar reasons but different reasons my world war ii film i think i want to do it in four three kind of like how golden age movies were because i love golden age movies especially since i got immersed in all these Classics, uh, CriterionChannel.com. I'm telling you, dude. Okay. Sponsor me. <laughs> Check it out, dude. This I'm telling you. Brought to you by Criterion. No, when um, Martin Scorsese, I took his masterclass years ago. I took Big four. Fan. I took yeah. forty masterclasses yeah. from Masterclass.com. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Did they Did they work for you? Because I'm yes. about to pay yes. for it for a new mentee of mine. One hundred one hundred eighty dollars a year to watch as many of yeah. those as you Unlimited. want. Unlimited. I. I stopped the subscription because they stopped making film making classes and okay. screenwriting classes and, and, and acting classes. It felt like since COVID started, but I, I learned so much from people who were successful, not just from people who were wannabes. Yeah. That's a yeah, big no, fucking no, thing. You're seeing a real name. So you, and, and, it's different credibility. And one of the things I learned from not him, just a teacher, yeah. by the way, you know what I mean? Like yeah. A professor who's never done anything teaching you about screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> not just a professor you're getting taught yeah, from no. the cream of the yeah, crop yeah and there's a big difference to that like like when i talked about earlier intention obstacle and tactics you don't have any idea how many bullshit things i've heard and read from screenwriting books from people who if you look up on imdb there's nothing about them anywhere yeah, yeah. but you learn from aaron sorkin there's only three things yeah. he works on that he thinks about when he's writing a script and it's that or well, yeah. that's not yep. that's an over exaggeration yep. but one. those yep. are the three yep. principles and you realize it's not a it's about simplicity over the few things that that get the results. Right. And so Martin Scorsese is one of his th- things where it's like and, and he, the theme of his was you have to find your own way. You have to find your own way. You have to go about it and navigate and find yeah. nobody can tell you how to make a movie. You got to figure it out. Yep. And nothing is wrong and nothing is right. And or well, some things are better than others, but yep. you have to decide for yourself. Um, but he advises filmmakers to watch a lot of great films and and criterion channel i i that that and it was before that was film struck before that got taken down and then people got an uproar about it uh cinephiles all over the place all over the world got up and up in arms about it um but uh basically it's a platform it's a place to go where you can bet 
this is a masterpiece of of cinema that is so under either so underrated or well known or hard to find. So many of them are hard to find, like so many foreign films. Right. I've seen yeah. hundreds of foreign I films. I just started getting into foreign films. There's yeah, some great dude. films out there. I Amazing. Know. And not just the yeah. ones that are being I was always pushed like, to I can't top. do it because of the subtitles, but now I can. You do get it. immersed in it. I think it, my dude. brain couldn't handle subtitles in Ken now. <laughs> Wong Kar Wai, I recently started watching his films. He's this, I, I forget what country. Uh, was it Japanese? No, no. I, I, I forget. But he, his films are, he's my new favorite, one of okay. my new favorite filmmakers. Like, Oh, it's like Tarkovsky, man. Like, and and you you watch the movies, and you you are being brought to a world that is is so so intensely and intimately thought out that you just are like, this is what a film, this is what filmmaking is all about. This is what cinema means. You you don't know that until you yeah. see it. It's like wine. Like mm-hmm. you you it's like it, you know so when Martin Scorsese got in the hot water about saying that that you know m- that Marvel movies aren't cinema. Yeah, right. You know I. Most people got not, thought he was saying that they're not art. They are art. Yeah, I know what he was saying. I know what he's saying that. is it's like going to a wine connoisseur and saying that Bud Light is Give the best alcohol. Yeah, okay. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. You're jackass for thinking that. <laughs> right. It's not to say that it's yeah. not alcohol. Yeah. It's just like mo- it's mo- Marvel category. movies aren't art. Yeah, it's a different category. Yeah. But he's right. It's a roll. There's a, a roller coaster ride. Um, I haven't seen the new Spider Man, but like the thing is, the you know these movies that you know you're going to some place yeah. that is it's you're going into the deepest dark darkest crevices of the filmmaker's mind and your own mind yeah. when you experience I them. like that yeah that's good. it is so transformative i'm going to throw a couple movies your way i i feel like i could do two hours on just naming movies and wait do we'll go as long have as you, you have want have you seen uh, i'd love to make this project x <laughs> yeah okay how about my date with drew no okay no. and you saw blair witch yeah, I okay. think. Yeah, yeah. And I'm setting this up because uh, if you were be kind enough to read my screenplay, I have the biggest. So I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm going to send it my way. I'm ready. Yeah. It's been eight years in the making. Um, I wrote it in 17 hours, but I've been like doing a real job. I'm doing it right. I'm doing it. I'm paying for it. I'm going to make this movie. But there's two ways to yeah, make if you it. Need any help from me? Well, there's two me ways to make it. There's make it as a true cinema, you know, feature film, or a renegade film like Project X, right? Where you felt like the actors were real, right? And they had the camcorder. Yeah. And only when you're watching it, like I I have trouble with movies like, that. I love that movie, but I, I have trouble because I'm like, oh, that scene could have never happened if they were really just holding the film. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there was flaws to it because you got to pull it off. But in mine, I want to do it renegade cheap, like on the cheap intentionally, not mm. because of the money, but because I think it would like be more Like on an iPhone or something? Um, no, You're like, uh, like my date with Drew. So my date with Drew is a, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. It's about a guy who went on a game show mm-hmm. and the answer to the game show and he won was Drew Barrymore. Okay. And before that he had a crush on Drew Barrymore from ET. Mm-hmm. So it was very surreal for him to have had a crush and he won this money on a game show with the final answer being Drew Barrymore. He comes up with the idea. It's like, I'm going to get a date with Drew Barrymore at whatever cost. He has no money. Just this random Jewish kid from New York, right? Mm-hmm. So he he and his buddy go to Best Buy and rent a video camera. And they have no money for it, so they're going to return it in under 30 days, which is Best Buy's policy. So then you go through all 30 days of him reaching out to her hairdresser, her agent, people that worked with her, through all the six degrees of separation type stuff to culminate in a date with Drew Barrymore. Doesn't get it in 30 days. 
gets it in like day 37, right? But he's already returned the thing. So he had to get another one, right? So the whole thing, she found out about it. It's a great movie. Spoiler alert, I just gave you all over the place. But the way in which that's filmed is very authentic because it's really just them because mm -hmm. it is them. Right. It's not like fake them yeah. making this movie. No, this was his journey, his documentary of everybody he called, showing him on the phone. You can't even hear the other person. Right. Because it's not it's just him. It's kind of like, uh, is it? I mean, would you say that the thing that three minute thing we shot on while they were doing? That, yeah, a little bit. Basically yeah. kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you've seen Blair Witch. You think I don't know yeah. when you saw that frame of mind, but I saw it without knowing anything about it. it scared the goddamn yeah. hell out of me. Right. Made for what seventeen thousand dollars or something? That's that's the thing that inspires me most is that you know, like is 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 I want to find out how to make films for as little money as possible. But now, a friend of mine like convinced me that I should be paying people, and I'm like, yeah, I yeah. Well, that's yeah, the one that's, thing. Yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to take advantage. I don't want to. But do if that. they're all in with you, right, mm -hmm. and they're part of it, that's I, different. It was just that I had had so many people I've worked with, like right, I came from the frugal mindset, and I also had friends who also were from yeah. the frugal mindset, and they're like, yeah, you don't have to pay us, like yeah. like like actor friends, and they're yeah. like, because but. You have to convince those types of people. Yeah, you do need to be be paid. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I could see that in, in but no, your that, circle. That you know. So so this renegade film style. Yeah. I want to. I want somebody to say. I see the vision. If it's renegade, I see the vision. If it's full, because I think it would work renegade style. I think it'd be done in uh, under six months at a pretty reasonable budget, and I think it would be better. Only that because I could go either way, yeah. but I think it would be better this raw Blair Witchy. I'd love that to you read. Think it. it's real? Yeah. Right now, spoiler alert. Maybe we'll cut this part out, but uh, part of it is that the audience is tricked into thinking it's real, right? So there's a whole spin at the end. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd love to pitch it to you. Um, that's the one I won for the comedy award. Yeah, thing. you need a, a cinematographer for that. For that. I got nothing. I'm just I just got a script that I want to make it. I, I, so anyway. Hey, I'd love to read it and well, you if know, you're see. if I would only want you in if you really loved it, like because yeah, no, to I'm, me, I agree. If somebody doesn't, I'm only really going to do it, it if no I really passion. like it. No passion, right? I'm I'm, uh, yeah. I'm I'm so I'm this is my going to be my second time uh, as cinematographer on somebody else's film than mine. Uh, this January, I'm I'm going to be in New Jersey filming this uh, like short film for these guys. Um, Honestly, because I'm, I don't need the money that much. Mm -hmm. I get to work on other people's films and and do for them what I needed yeah. several years yep. ago. Yep, yep. I get to come in with like, I'm like, yo, we're rolling cinema cameras. This is yeah. a legit film. We're yeah. gonna make it yeah. like we're gonna make it look and sound like yeah. a real movie. Yep. And like, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I I wonder if like after I like leave, they're like, holy fuck, like this is happening. Like, because yeah. I mean. I would be doing that. That's yeah, no. how I would have been. No, they're geeking and out. You know they're geeking out on you. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I see it like like the, yeah. like the, they're like, wow, he's like literally no, the, doing I, it the way we want it to. Yeah. I'm like, but that's because I know as the as a, a writer director myself, I care that's more what about what their yeah. vision is. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell yeah. them like, you know, it's okay if we shoot it. Uh, you know, we could shoot it this way. But I mean, my suggestion is, what if we also shoot it this way yeah. so we have depth in the background? Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. We can light it from the back yeah. end, make it look. Yeah make it look uh cinematic yeah. and 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 but you know it's up to it you haven't done this yet uh like shot their their thing you, yet? yeah what you're just describing you haven't done anything with them yet um no or, but but i'm but i mean I, i'm i location scouted with them okay, we're gonna be shooting it soon what you just described with giving them input of what you think might be another option it'll be interesting to see how they take it yeah like do you know these folks well uh well no 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 i the thing is, I told them like this is my thought, but okay. we're going with your thing. Okay, yeah. but like we, 
you know, if we shoot it this way, it looks like they're they're like back is up against right, the wall right. in the situation. But you know, it's it's. I mean, I I don't care. Like but you it's, don't you don't know how it's going to turn out yet. If they take no. your advice, that'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see, right? Because well, I mean, I did this for uh, like. Here's the thing. I I'm not forceful. I care more about what yeah, their vision that's right. is. No, because you would never yeah. want to be on the other side of that, right? I mean, see, they're not like they're not. They don't seem like Ryan. I could be wrong, yeah. but you know, they. I mean, they're go they're with pretty the flow more. Yeah, they're, they're pretty go. I mean, but they they are that they have been good about sticking to their guns about yeah. things that matter. Like we're 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 debating on whether to shoot this one scene out in the outside on shoulder rig or on steady cam. Um, and I told them like, I do have a bias towards my steady cam because it's something I want to use. I haven't used yep, yet. Yep. Um, but like, I think this would look, they're, they're going for like a Paul Thomas Anderson kind of style okay, movie. Okay. And, and I get that. I watched the movie that he, they recommended me to watch and I, I checked it out. I was like, yeah, like I, I, I thought that when I read the script, it could be shoulder rig and they're agreeing like that's what their original vision was. But I'm like, when, when we went to location I know from doing enough things where you're backing up on a shoulder rig, yeah, yeah. That it's going to be bumpy yeah, and distracting, yeah, yeah. and the audience isn't go is going to be like it, yeah. it's. You're not going to be creating the effect of tension. Yeah. You're going to be creating distraction, and so I rec told them that, and so that's something we're debating. I mean, I think like I mean I I, I went with them and and took pictures like sample frames with like the exact um, frame line, the exact like I have an app that that mimics like what these cameras and the, okay. the lenses exactly what the frame line is going to be. And that's how I plan all my films. Okay. And I told like showed them exactly what we're going to get. And so it's it really is up to them. Like I, yeah. I, I don't care. Like I but I, I mean, I hope that we go with the version that yeah. looks better and yeah. or tells the story better because that's the thing. They are closer to the story than I am. Right. So it doesn't matter to me whether I'm going with their vision. That's right. That's right. Because it's That's not your story. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I have five principles for, for cinematography when I that I that I taught hold myself. On, hold on, Pug. Yeah. Hey Thomas, tell me your five principles of cinematography, please. <laughs> <laughs> I see I do weird shit like that. This is what's it. wrong with me. Like, I love it. No, yeah. I love it. Somebody will say to me, it's Hey, story. let me tell you something. I go, I'm not ready for it. Now I'm ready for it. Okay. <laughs> it's story. It's story, framing, light sources, light wrapping, and then simplicity. Light wrapping, like flavor, flavor, light wrapping. No, no, no. I was just trying to be an ignorant. It's wrapping know. the actors in the set with light. Okay. Um, but but also in that is like how to wrap it with shadows. How to you know, you know, and and also I learned from Adam, light spaces, not faces. Um, basically, you start with story. Story's king. Everything has to be dependent on the story. Um, l framing. You figure out the framing of different camera angles. Generally, I like to match. If I'm shooting coverage of one person, I like to ma have it match in focal length and distance from them so that it doesn't it seem so jarring. Um, but I also think about where they are in relation to the background and the foreground and, and, and in the space. And I, I create the best. I don't just think about each composition. I think of each composition in relation to each other and the, and the whole scene. I think of all of it. Mm -hmm. And the next scene, like the composition of the next scene and the previous scene, you know, where, where are we, what are we cutting from and to and all that stuff and, and 180 degree rules, all the, all the principles of cinematography that make for, for continuity and shit. Then, um, I figure, and also framing matters for where's the light coming from, you know, is, you know, where's the biggest light source. If it's coming from, if it, if the light source is coming from here, uh, it's, generally not as cinematic to shoot it from the direction where the light's coming from mm -hmm. it's with especially with digital cameras it's generally better to shoot at towards the direction where the light's coming from and then use light 
for what I call light wrapping or what's termed as light wrapping that Roger Deakins does. It's like you, you know, there's a light source. So, So say there's a lamp right behind me. There's a light source there or it's right here or something. You can sheet it a bit and have it wrap around you. See how this light is wrapping around our faces? So like say there's a lamp right here in mm-hmm. the shot. That that light if it's the same color as the lamp right behind me, it can look, we can make it it'll trick the audience into thinking that that light is coming from here. But if it was just that light on, right. it'd look like shit. You okay. wouldn't see my face. Gotcha. It would just I, my face would be in shadows. Plus, you see how this light right here is is kind of casting a nice soft like glow onto us. If you make it look the color of whatever the color temperature the 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 moonlight is, and you 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 know you pick the moonlight and you have light shining in the, the windows from outs from lights outside, not the actual moon, mm-hmm. but the lights outside that looks like moonlight, and then you have this or something like this, the same color temperature shooting at the ceiling, so it's casting a nice soft glow throughout the room. It'll create it'll 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 illuminate certain shadows so it's just a, like a digital camera will just show up as blackness okay. but it'll illuminate certain things in a way that the audience will think it's moonlight um and then you have like a different color like primary source of light that's generally if it's coming from the opposite side of the camera of where the actor mm-hmm. is it generally looks better because shadows are nice i i i'm especially after working on ryan's film gotcha. i'm i've been working with shadows more and i'm like oh i love shadows you know like i love having a a, this negative fill that's like a piece like i never use negative fills because i'm like i'm always focused i was always focused on the lighting things like the non-committal cop sketch you see it's full of light now i'm trying to work in shadows in my work more Hmm. you know and i find that really cool and so uh i mean i mean so it's story uh framing light sources and a lot of times you might want to change the framing because of where the light source is coming from also you can create artificial light sources say you know there wasn't a light in here you want to create color separation or create a certain mood to serve the story which is most important you can add a light that's this color or red or blue or anything like these lights can change to whatever color i want them to be and so i can then make like i can yeah i can add the light source like a practical in the scene so people it makes sense where it's coming from and as long as it's for the story and 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 the where how i want to affect the audience i then use like a light like this whatever color it needs to be to match that color and use it to like create a soft like like to make it seem cinematically like lit from that light not it doesn't have you. to be realistic but it, like or it just I'm, I'm thinking of the audience right now and it's like you're giving such good knowledge but they can't see what you're I'm looking so at sorry, like guys. no 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 it's yeah, for no. me but he knows what he's talking about no but, no it's really this is yeah. really interesting check out the video podcast no, 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 it's no, in the link it's funny it's in the description <laughs> but that is something that uh you know I've, i'm thinking about now it's going to evolve into more things in the future uh especially as i shoot more things like i'm always learning something new like the shadows was something new um like like that that the the soft moonlight or the soft shadow lighting um like using shadows plus like some lighting to like illuminate things but okay. not too much right you know it's it gives it a certain vibe and i'm always looking for more things like that mm-hmm. and that's why i like doing the cinematography in my own films because i get to learn more and learn more about my look and, and know how to always get it when I'm shooting my own films. Gotcha. Um, and then so it's it's story framing, light sources, light wrapping uh, or shadow wrapping and then and then simplicity. Don't bring all your equipment. Bring all, bring as much equipment as you think you'll need in the car or the truck. Yeah. Or trucks. 
but don't bring it all inside when until you know you need it right <laughs> have a good simple system and then and then if you can if you can get away with one light go for it mm -hmm. you know yeah. there's nothing wrong with one good light you know so so story um framing light sources light wrapping and then or wrapping and or light lighting and then um and then simplicity and you needed those, that to be a better acronym you yeah, change the words just to make it like oh, spell out. It'll evolve spell like poop, so everybody <laughs> could remember it. I'll, I'll I'll evolve it, or actually, shart. Since you liked when I said that earlier, you really enjoyed. <laughs> That's a fun word to say. I right, so wait. So I'm going to bounce another thing off. Yeah, here. go for it. So to great lengths, the nonprofit I talked about is really very broad intentionally because it's all about investing in the person and helping make their dreams happen. Yeah. Right. So some people have helped you out along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, through Ryan, uh, Johnny. Uh, bald guy from Liverpool you met on the train. Mm -hmm. You were at the train set, right? Yeah. yeah As an extra. Bald guy on the train. Mm -hmm. um, Liverpool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I got he his number. He was the one with the English accent, yeah. Yeah, I got his number because I was going to get him to read my World War II script to help um, get like the, the English, uh, oh, nice. English pilot to sound more. I'm writing him like, like his advice was write him just like normal. Like don't put anything right. into it. Yeah. That's supposed to be and then let him take it yeah yeah so i've become a good friend of his uh mm -hmm. since this uh he's he works at that place slow hand mm -hmm. and uh i didn't know this but he wants to be a filmmaker mm -hmm. right so he's 20 years old turns 21 in february and uh he looks like he's 45 which is hilarious <laughs> i love you johnny um and uh so we we watch liverpool matches i like liverpool soccer and we go uh tomorrow at, i think it's at 11 30 at kildares in westchester that's awesome so we can but i just learned that so, uh, you know, he's still living, I think, with his folks or whatever, not, you know, barely paying the bills. I go, well, and he doesn't want to do school. He's like, I don't want to do school. I don't want to have all that debt. And all. I go, well you, are, well, you rang true a lot of things. I go, just do it. So I would be curious to see what you think of the advice I gave him. The advice I gave him was just do it. You know, yeah. Michael Jordan. And or Shia LaBeouf. He, yeah. You yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, I said, what do you, what part of it? do you really think you're going to like? He's like, I think screenwriting. I go, okay. He, and he's very, he wants to learn the end to end though. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I, well, we'll say yeah, yeah. Go, so let go, me, but... let me finish and then jump yeah, in. Yeah. Don't forget your thought though. Write yeah. down if you have to, cause you're old and you'll forget things. I know. No. So, so I, he wants to learn end to end, but he thinks screenwriting. So I said, well, um, I'd love to help you evolve, grow, do it. Right. And I, I got, I talked to Ryan about it and I said, well, here's, here's what my plan would be. I'm going to get you a few master classes, Okay. To about screenwriting. Cause that's your one focus. Uh, Aaron another, Sorkins. Yeah. I know. Yep. And there's another one called skill something, Skillshare, Skillshare, right. That I've done my research. I didn't know what either of these was, but, um, you know, masterclass has the big names, which benefits because they're real people who did it. The other one gets into more the how-to at the nitty-gritty level. Like literally, there's screenwriting, how to go into movie magic and make it work better for you and all this stuff. So I, I think there's probably a combination of the two that might help them. But anyway, so I'm going to get a masterclass, right? Watch as many as you want, right? So that's one. That helps him kind of understand and a lot of the stuff you've done. Yeah. Then I said, um, I want you to write something. I want you to write a two-minute short about anything it can be about using your pencil i don't care but you're going to write it you're going to do the screenplay the official mm -hmm. screenplay and then we're going to film it we're going to do it right and then i came up with and i could tell he was lukewarm because i was throwing too much at him right i was over i do this with people i give them an opportunity i overwhelm them and then they, yeah. they never respond so i said this should not be a stressful thing i could tell i could see the stress in his face i go look 
uh, I'll write a two minute short. I already have three that I could do like right now, but you're going to, you're going to do the screenplay and you're going to do the editing and the filming and everything. And we're going to use all Ryan's stuff, right? And Ryan's going to help you through every step of the process from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you need me involved, right? I, I'd love but to like, help. but like, is that a good idea for an upstart? What yeah. would you add or change to that? If you were doing the same thing, because I just created that on my own out of what I think could help them. No, instinct. that's a good, that's a but like, smart. Do it, right? I'm going to fund yeah. you to do certain things. I'll get you all the equipment. I'm trying to think of what else would be smart to help a guy like Johnny. Um, honestly, You would be a great mentor. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be another thing. Like, you know, you come for a day or whatever and just we have lunch. I mean, if, if um, and I don't mean to do this like as self-promotion, but like the podcast the fifth number 15 that i just did before yours that is basically for someone like him perfect that's who great who is you know looking to get into it especially yeah and it's basically it is me revealing 14 years of that's being perfect. obsessed with this and trying to find out what is the smallest percent of everything i've ever learned mm-hmm. that has enabled me to get over the biggest hurdles and it's really for it's really designed for somebody who is looking to get into it to save the most amount of time and headache and heartache and pain yeah because you're you're welcome universe brought to you by trauma's profit saving you 14 years of angst yeah right now that's great no i spent yeah no i i I fucking spent like years of thinking i'd never be able to get to where i am now Mm -hmm. i spent years thinking i could never write a, a screenplay that i wanted to write as well as i wanted to write it but this in a few you know in a few more writing days it seems like i'm going to be done writing something that i am finally a feature length that i'm finally fucking proud of nice like i i mean i like i like it i feel like it stacks up against a lot of my favorite films that's awesome like i i can't even fucking tell you how hard it's been to do that okay incredibly hard but it and thanks to like the people i've met who've been able to give me feedback and help me along the way on that and just all the everything that's helped me Like it's, it's just, I mean, uh, <laughs> you're, you're the tail end of it. It's gotta be rewarding. You I got mean, this. Uh, but then you again, got this, it is, it's the, <laughs> it's the tail end of writing it, but it's the beginning of, of, of making that. And don't let fear take over. No, I'm not. I need you I'm, to get, I'm gonna, I wish that spiritual lady was, a, because losing fear is the most insane feeling ever. I want everybody to have it. I don't know how I have it. I thought it was going to go away by now. Two years strong, just like that's awesome. Not a care in the world, man. It's freaking great. See, I don't know. I, I don't so know if I'd want to do it because oh. just for the sake of, I know when I change my meditation routine. Oh when, yeah, no, like right, no, it, it might it, it might fucks me everything. up. It yeah. fucks me up. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm 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 glad having enough fear that that inspires me. Yeah, because fear for inspiration is good thing. Yeah, fear for paralysis is not no, good. No, yeah, it's important to be able to blast through the the obstacles, the fear. Yeah. Um, but it's I think I think I don't want to. The thing is, it's like it's whatever I have is working right now. And if I lose that fear, yeah, stay with it, because yeah. the, the things I make feature films, you know, if I look, they might be just things that I fear. Yeah. And yeah. I'm making like I, the film about the guy breaking out of the friend zone. Yeah. I feared that. Yeah. I feared breaking a telling a woman who I'd like for years who I was friends with about how I really felt. Yeah. But I needed that to grow and I did it and made the film. It's and an then interesting concept that helped. Dude, you make films I, on all your fears I make so films, that you can overcome them. That would Martin be- Scorsese makes films about things that make him mad. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's it, you have if you make films about things that are real to you, they'll be they'll be real to somebody else. Yeah. I'm telling you, 
and this is the, the advice to Johnny is <laughs> the Johnny <laughs> this is make make a lot of short projects yeah, yeah. as well as you can yeah, within yeah. your own means well, I'm glad as I had fast that as right. possible yeah and then uh do uh you know I would say yeah like and, and to you as well write and direct something I'll shoot it for you like I'll do everything production wise I'll, I'll help you produce it um from everything I know and I'll even help you co-direct it but I don't want I don't want to be I, the thing is, I don't want to be credited to, to as director on anything unless it's something I I wrote, um, just because it's a consistency thing. Yeah, I want I people. I, it's like yeah, a, it's, it's yours. Like, it's, it's your the brand. brand. Yep, understood. When people see that directed by Thomas Prophet, they're gonna know it is something that I spent a lot of time. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. and went through That's all your brand. It went exudes. through all the filter. You yeah. know. You know the scene. Where Denzel in, in American Gangster, where Denzel Washington is talking about the his you know he's talking. Think I've about, seen it. I don't think I've seen American. Well, he's talking to his friend who's trying to sell his product, his blue blue something, you know, blue magic or something, and and they're 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 selling it a watered down version as the same thing, and he's telling him call it whatever the fuck you want. But if you call it blue, you're, you're, you're fucking with my brand. And he, he ruins a friendship really? because of that. <laughs> and, but dude, he's fucking great in that movie. It's fantastic. A That's a great scene too. Um, it's so I, many fucking great scenes. I have that. one more Johnny for you. So to close the Johnny. So yeah, I'm on the right path. Sounds like you yeah. don't hate my suggestion. No, I don't. And, uh, he, he doesn't have, I tell any... you, I tell you if it wasn't, well, you know. I appreciate it. I hate, I just hate when people don't give honest advice, right. Or yeah. honest conversation. So he, I could tell he doesn't have anything in his that he's wanted to make, which kind of surprised me. If you want to be a screenwriter, usually I, I think you'd have an idea too. But he he clearly he it's hard to figure out, yeah. even for me. Yeah. So so I came up with this last thought. I said I can give him some of the stuff I written, but I like the idea. Um, so have you ever heard of you know Monty Python, mm -hmm. right? I don't know if you're a fan or not. Um, I wasn't younger. Now I'm a super fan because the humor caught <laughs> up to it. me. So dry. Uh, Ministry of Silly Walks. You familiar? No, but okay. I, it sounds So familiar. I'll send you this two-minute skit. Um, I said, here's what we're going to do because he's from England, right? So it's an English thing. And it's my favorite skit. And I've I've thought – I don't know what the rule is. You know in music you can do a, a, a cover of a – song but like if the it's over 10 years you don't have to pay a royalty and there's all this stuff right mm. you know i'm familiar like if uh somebody re-releases you know um i don't know pick uh start me up by the stones and they redo it like uh maroon five redoes it after like 10 years you just you don't have to pay any of the royalties or something like that right mm. i was curious on sketches and skit comedy if you redid it with different actors do you have to pay anybody for it you know what i mean or is it just a redo? There's got to be something there. I haven't been able to find it. I don't know. But anyway, but my concept is take Ministry of Silly Walks, which was probably never storyboarded, never written down. Michael Palin wrote it. John Cleese did the acting. It's the greatest thing ever. I did a whole charity event mm -hmm. on silly walking and a contest. Oh, I think I saw something. Yeah, like that, that was and Ryan did that. Yep. So um, I said, we already know what the skit is. You can watch it in two minutes. Write the script back into the script of that silly walk mm -hmm. this would teach him the structure within a you know a screenwriting what do you use do you use movie magic do you use so uh, when i write yeah. i i when i go when i finish writing i'll go i'll copy and paste everything in the final cut and then cut. and then okay. format it okay i don't write formatted okay. i write bare minimum this is probably because i wrote my 400 page manuscript this way and and it stuck for me i write very minimalist i write in either word or google docs and i don't I, I just I will like write the actions yep, yep. and then I'll write in quotes the, the what's being said. Right. 
I don't even say who's saying it. Right. Okay. Because if I, by the time I, it's the scene's finished, I know who's saying what because everybody's objectives are clear to me just by what they say. Yep. Okay. I know what I I know what the voice is like, and so, and you know, occasionally there's a line here and there. I'm like, wait, who's saying that? It's like once every like 20 30 pages and so you know it doesn't matter if it it can work for either character it doesn't matter well because you're making your own stuff right so if you were but but eventually if i'm if you want people to take it seriously and make it you You have have to do it in final cut like or Or final draft i mean i go to final draft like two right yeah you have to so i wanted them to learn that because if you're writing something you you're going to submit something it's got to be the same font i recommend trying that where you write without formatting because okay. well when that's you what write, I did. when you write I, format i wrote it, on paper mine. yeah i wrote on paper and whatever translate it i didn't have a movie magic i just wrote yeah, that's good an entire notebook and then i moved it into it but so i thought yeah if he takes something that already exists and backs into the screenplay he doesn't have to worry about the creative side just write it you know camera zooms in guy on a street well like, here's the he can you use don't the concepts. you don't have to all you have to write in the script is I don't know what Ryan does, but this is the way that you have to do it: is you just write what the story, the the actions, and the dialogue, mm-hmm. and like the, of course, the the scene like headings and whatnot. Yep. Maybe yep. or maybe not cut to doesn't matter. Yep. You don't have to write anything about the shots. That's that's the cinematographer okay. Okay. Yep. or the director's yeah. job to figure. I think that out. he does both because he's playing both roles. But I got gotcha. you. But yep. I, you know, I I believe that if you want to be if you want to have better writing don't think you know you're thinking if you're thinking about the shots and shit while Mm -hmm. you are while and and you are writing that down like you're trying to make decisions about that while you were writing you're putting the you're putting the horse yeah behind the carriage stories first you know yeah you you the story the dialogue of the character you if you are spending any amount of brain energy on anything else except for that anything else but than that you are taking that energy from the story yeah. from creating the best story and dialogue yep. and characters. I think I got lucky because I didn't know how to do any of the other stuff. All I knew how to do is get the story out and the dialogue. That's all you need to um, do. So, so I thought he would learn the structure. He would learn how to use the screenwriting software, right? That would be a mm-hmm. benefit. He goes to the masterclass. He does that. And then we film it. Cause I want to redo the skit because there's, I actually, I want to do a, a one 30 minute episode or 22 minute, whatever of my favorite skits of all time redone okay so silly walks is one another is um I don't, you probably don't know this mtv show called the state back in the day it's louie and louie just wants to dip his balls in it mm-hmm. that's the whole episode is that avocado dip over there Yes, have a good. I want to dip my balls in. It just keeps repeating it. It's the most ludicrous, <laughs> insane thing ever. But it was a huge hit back now because it's just you know, bizarre. You know, you ever heard of the? There's a there's a concept of comedy writing called. Uh, it's not the straight man. It's 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 called straight line wavy line, and it, it comes from this book I have over there. I could give it to you after this. Um, no, I won't read it though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no. Oh, I'll just explain it. It's basically okay, thank you. You have Cliff a notes, please. The straight line character and a wavy line character. The straight line character, they are gung ho for this one objective, this one course of action, this one, this one you know path of action, and that is causing this other character to weave around and have to deal with it, and, and okay, it's yeah, making life yeah. hard for them. And they, and it's it's seeing that wavy line character not know what how to do how to properly solve this straight right. line character's yeah. issue that makes it so funny i forget the exact terms of that you but that's basically a summary and 
I think about that all the time when I'm writing comedy is how, how what is this character's, you know, what what chaos is this character causing to this other character? Yeah. That's how you make character based comedy, not just on jokes. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it's one thing to write jokes, but it's funny. It's funnier when you're writing characters that are saying things and they don't realize it's being it's not to be funny. Right. It, they don't realize it's funny. Yep. the audience realizes yeah, it's funny yeah. because you know like like i i, I mean there there and then again there's things that you that you don't understand why it's funny but like <laughs> like like it just is funny yeah. and it's just it works it's just it, yeah. that's all that matters you know so I, i'm thinking i want to do four skits redone right that's mm -hmm. why i want to find out if i could release it or not because of you know who do i have to get permission to i mean my that skit from my pilot was probably 1972 right yeah um and I want to do four of them. I want to redo them because young kids have not seen this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Monty Python Silly Walk one's interesting. I was dating somebody at the time and we would walk down the street and I would just start silly walking. And all this is you yeah. just start walking weird, right? Just random, just whatever you're feeling. And this kid cracked up. He's like 11 years old. So he started doing it. And then I started doing it and other people started doing it. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Now if I do it, like, oh, Monty Python, right? So, and everybody smiles. And kids love it. I'm like, I think silly walking is a thing. It's fun to do. People get caught up in it and they lose track of what they're doing. And they're just, it's catharsis. It's, yeah. So this whole thing, I'm going to, um, I'm going to pitch to Rose Tree Park, which is right near me in media that I want to have, I want to buy from them or rent from them a space. It's the silly walk zone. And I'm going to have my signs on each of the four sides that says you are now entering the silly walk. Permission to walk silly. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a camera from the tree. 24 seven, just like you never see like a bar camera, right? Yeah. Just 24 seven. Anybody can go with their kids and just silly walk. And then they're going to see it the next day on Instagram or whatever it is. The joy that that silly walking brings to people blew my mind. It was beyond what I expected. And it's so stupid and so simple. Mm -hmm. And then I even thought of if you go for a walk and you wear your Fitbit or whatever, it's going to tell you your heart rate. It's going to tell you how many calories you burn and all that stuff, like a sophisticated one. Then you do a brisk walk. It's going to do the same thing. Silly walking is hard as shit. So there's even an angle to it being good for you, like getting your heart pumping. You know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. a there's an angle to you're going to a nice park and you're walking around and you're getting you're exuding your energy. So there's there's a concept there. Um, Seinfeld book that I was given and I never read is called Is This Something? Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that with his comedy, he knows there's something funny about something, but he can't write the joke. He can't place it yet. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've, I've thought about, I didn't know that that's what I did, but there's something there to, this is a great idea. Now I just have to put it all together in a nice package. So I'm getting close, right? So the idea is the Monty Python skit gets redone. I pitched to Rose Tree Media, this block of land. I think they would want people at their thing. I could give them a sponsorship or whatever. We could have people on the sponsorship on the sign, you know, brought to you by Sunoco, silly walking, whatever. And it's just fun and joy, stupid thing. But I get to leave that behind. And then other parks could take it. And I think it could spiral. Mm -hmm. If you Google silly walks, you will see a lot of people in front of their houses have done their ring doorbell and set up silly walk zones. So at my event, I for people that wanted them, I, I paid a lot of money for these signs. It said, you are now entering the silly walk zone. You know, please. Can you, and then when you leave the silly walk zone, you are now leaving permission to walk normally and boring again, right? But in front of their yard, People with their kids are in a stroller to just, they see the sign, they read it and they just start doing it. So there's all That's this great. like raw That's footage. So funny. It's, you could watch it for hours. It's all over the place. In England, <laughs> so there's one walkway that's a silly walk walkway. Like it's an intersection. Yeah. It's just so stupid and so great. So anyway, 
That's I gotta a, look this up. I gotta. That's watch one it. of my ideas. No, I'll send. Yeah, I'll send. send me, yeah. Just like you're gonna send me all these, uh, yeah. you know, directors and stuff. But so anyway, that was my long jump. But I want to do a skit show, and I want to reinvent it for kids that haven't seen these, like The State or like uh, Living Color. You ever watch Living Color? That was before your time. Uh, Fire Marshal Bill, another great one. It was Jim Carrey's first big gig. Hilarious skits, right? So I want to take some best ofs and redo them, because. J- nobody's going to watch it. If I just take all four of them and put it into a YouTube, what is that? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's probably copyright. But if I redid it, had fun redoing it, um, I think there's something there. So that's, that's a something that I haven't like got up to my top five, but something that I thought could help Johnny with mm-hmm. the process. And then I just think kids, they've missed out on so many funny things, whether it's, and I, I didn't watch Mary Tyler Moore, or some of those shows you hear about. I, or I love Lucy. I love Lucy, right? You haven't seen these, but no, Bet- I'll, Betty White. Dude, just- I love Lucy. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my family. I love Lucy. We, we yeah. watched. We watched. I love Lucy. Like every dinner, like this whole year or yeah. something. Like every like we well, I watched like the every one episode. where she's eating like the bonbons. Fuck yeah, dude! The like, fucking chocolates. Like everybody needs to see that. You know what I mean? Like there's some classic stuff out yeah. there. Yeah, and airplane. Airplane's one of my all-time favorite movies. I was watching that a little all-time while ago. favorite. I love it. it. It's funny because it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it would for young kids. For yeah, me, there's, it's, so, there's just so many. That was the first of well, the rapid fire Well, I laughed at it all the time, yeah. like when I was a yeah. kid, and I la- I still laugh at it. I'm 1980. Like, yeah. Then again, my dad had to explain it to us, like right, when we we're kids, right. and, and and you liked it just because of the one booby scene, right? <laughs> just to be clear, or she's jiggling. She just, like, comes They're out just of nowhere jiggling. It does come out of nowhere. <laughs> I speak uh, jive. No, I, dude, that I, mean, I was watching on YouTube this, the other day. I did this the other day, and Ryan, I was with Ryan the other night, and. um he always knows every movie I'm quoting. He didn't know Airplane. I was really pissed what? off at him. He he handed me some piece of paper. Oh, we were writing down our top three movies. And Johnny was there. And we were just writing down our top three movies. He gave me a piece of paper and I crumpled it. I go, oh, I can make a hat or a bow or a pterodactyl. And that's a Johnny Johnny line from the movie, right? The bald yeah, yeah. guy and the, the tower, the tower, Rapunzel. Wait, what was the deal with him? Was he like some famous like comedian or actor? No, he was nobody. He's still nobody. It was just a random character that said random weird things. I I was watching. I was like, There's a this has got to be some famous no, guy. Never was in anything before that. Ever. Ever. No. Really? No. Nobody. What? So nobody. He, he's been in nothing probably before or since. We'll, we'll Google it later. That's amazing. No, nobody. Like, why did they? Because they are weird, twisted minds that just wrote weird. That's great. I love the wrong it. wrong week to stop sniffing glue. I mean, they, they just wrote so many bizarre lines. I know. I love, dude. They are out there. I mean, and even to like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the cockpit, you know, you try and drag Bill Russell down the floor, son. Or what was the one coin? Have you ever been in a Turkish prison? Like, I mean, that was so disturbing. And, like, weird. <laughs> Their minds. Who is who does who did those movies? Uh, the Jeff, uh, yeah. Jeff, uh, Jeff and Zuckers, Zuckers, I think, maybe. Maybe yeah, the suckers. Anyway, just twisted minds. But Naked Gun came out of that. If you remember the Naked yeah, Gun. You know why it got canceled? Is because it was so much visual humor that they wanted the the studio wanted you know or you know the network wanted shows that people could watch without seeing watching the TV. They really? wanted people things that they could have on in the room and, and just listen hear to. it. Okay, yeah, that was so stupid. But like then the again, Johnny we wouldn't have air, we probably wouldn't then, yeah. have airplane if it weren't for that. Yeah, that's funny. So some of OJ's best work. I mean, <laughs> other than you know killing a couple people <laughs> and getting away with it, which is his top work. <laughs> He was really, glove. he's really good. <laughs> hey, sponsored by OJ. If the glove doesn't fit, the orange juice that never <laughs> gets busted. Oh my god! Oh. Oh. All right, so can we rapid fire again? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this is actually something you probably try, touched on. I'm going to try and keep it under a minute. The this legacy is... you'd like to leave behind, or the destiny when you're done here. 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta leave a mark, man. I can't. I go back and forth on the spiritual thing. If there's not like, if there was, if I was so sure there was something else after this, I could relax a lot better. But mm. I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, so I want to leave something behind. That and you know what? Thirty years from now, how do you we said it remembered? Maybe how, I don't know. How do we know that like heaven and hell aren't just something that a reality we create for ourselves right, in gotta, life? You got to just go all in and believe it or not. Yeah, I need to see everything. I mean, heaven and hell, it could be like South Park. I just watched the South Park and South Park. I got back to South Park. I love human centipad or no, that's <laughs> disturbing. But no, they are. They and I've seen Book of Mormon like five times on Broadway. Which I haven't is, seen that. Dude, or heard we're it. going. It opens back up in February. We're right, going. We'll, go, we'll do it. We're going. I promise Ryan too. it's the best show ever. Fucking down. it's unbelievable. So I'm watching South Park the other day and they're in hell. You know, I was like Saddam Hussein's always in hell and the big red guys, the devil. Right. I don't know how much you watch South Park, but mm -hmm. they the scene is like they're all up in this kind of it's not heaven and it's not hell. And they're in the waste area, whatever that area before. Right. You had decided. And um, they're like, uh, you know, um, no, you're you're all going to hell. And the whole crowd's like, what? We're all going to hell. Like, but I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Jew. Uh, uh, you know, well, who's not going to hell? And it's like, oh, um, they're like, who was right? I'm like, oh, uh, it turns out it was the Mormons. The Mormons were right. So it's only Mormons in heaven. <laughs> but it's like the funniest thing. It's like, because everybody's got a different belief. It's like they were right. And they just get all, all the other people get shipped to hell. And they're like, no, no. It's so funny. It's just so, it Dude, was such I, a funny I've heard skit. about it so much. And such I'm like, I want it because I heard it's just so savage. It is the, the bigger, longer, non cut movie was great. Did you ever see Team America? with the with the puppets i mean that's pretty savage too it's great yeah um but anyway uh what was my point to that uh more uh, we were talking about um oh, legacy yeah legacy i still don't know how i got there no leave it in my, oh because i'm not sure right is it the mormons how do yeah. you know it's the presbyterians is it the quakers i was raised quaker for about a year but like what is it is it the atheists you were they what? right you know what i think i think when i think when we create artificial intelligence that transcends us and then transcends that artificial intelligence and then that artificial intelligence creates the next one and the next that one creates the next one and it becomes god level intelligence yeah. they'll be able to reverse entropy and reverse particles and things and then bring people back from the dead and then and then like like i i feel like they could turn back time like part of the time of certain particles so that they reverse entropy and then bring somebody back to life and then you know use the medical <laughs> You know, and then re reverse, you know, turn it back forward. And then is, are you pitching me a screenplay right now? No, no, this is shit I've read about. <laughs> Dude, funny. you yeah. did you did you see Tenet, the movie Tenet? By I, Christopher Nolan? just came out like two years ago, yeah. like right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, I did not. See so it. it what it's about something that's actually real in physics. It's about reverse entropy. It's basically that the concept that, you know, if you put an egg on the counter, it rolls off. Mm -hmm. There is a this is incredibly rare, but there is actually a potential that it could re like reverse and then roll back to where it started and it could shatter and then come back together and roll back hmm. uh what causes it but it, it is and we're talking about is like that why tenant is we're talking about it is because it's <laughs> exactly how good point, how smart am i dude that I'm i just telling, put it together no, that movie i'm that smart yeah you are that movie <laughs> the second half of that movie is incredible okay Fucking incredible. No, I heard it was good. Jaw-droppingly okay. incredible. Um, 
Now, how emotional it was compared to his previous work and how much it affects the audience emotionally, mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's one of my favorite ne cool. Nolan films because it's one of his well most well put together in terms of the details. Okay. And I, I, you know, when you watch it more than once, you really realize how like, oh, my God, I didn't I totally missed that. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's incredible how much is baked into it. And and but I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, and so we both believe that we don't know what happens but, after but what. But that's the thing. What if right? What if like an, a super AI? What if it's not a super or, or what if it's us, a more intelligent version of us that influences us from the future? And that is our God. Mm. And what if it's or, nothing? Or what if what it's if a, it's nothing? What if it's a combination? <laughs> what what if in the future all intelligence is united into one intelligence? Kind of like, you know, in a way, it's like the brain the, the earth is with all the humans in it. It's like a it's like a bigger version or a more complex version of uh or a meta version of 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 how you know, there's neurons in our brain that are firing messages back and forth and communicating just like we do in, mm -hmm. on Earth. And and that's and eventually, though, it'll the bandwidth will be expanded by technology and by by, you know, to like some something akin to telepathy, the way that we're, you know, yeah. you know, Elon Musk is yeah. trying to connect yeah. people's brains. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll be so intelligent that like we like I said, they could reverse entropy uh, certain particles certain you know things to bring back people from the dead and then to bring them into that and maybe that is what people are tapping into when they have inspiration or they find god or they find or they go on drugs or they go into meditation they're tapping into that thing that hasn't happened yet but transcends time i'm with you or or is it are we just in the matrix could be it could be just in the matrix or that I matrix that is created because all the intelligence comes no. together and creates it. But again, it. it could be nothing. Could, could be. be all random could events. Be anything. And we're digging up, we're pushing up daisies. Clapping of hands and clapping of tongues, as yeah. Marcus Aurelius would say. There you go. No, could be. Dude, and we just got really fucking deep. Dude, I've always no, wanted to that scared the hell out it. of me. That scared the hell, not the conversation, but the I'm just digging up worms scares me. That's why I get back to legacy. What if that's the answer? Fuck. Yeah, I better enjoy every so minute I'm, and yeah, try I'm, and leave something. You know what? Let's, that we're all in. Let's, joy. let's make go. a legacy. No, I'm, it's like that might not be it, but I'm. I have to go to the lowest common denominator of that. Might be the only thing I'm afraid of that there's nothing else. Yeah. Right. So anyway, all right. Rapid me. So <laughs> rapid me. Question: oh, Your three. most meaningful failure. Oh, I read that one earlier, and I, um, I had it. I had it. Uh, I bombed so bad doing comedy once. Um, mm. That's a good thing to do. It was awesome. It was so fun that I bombed. <laughs> um, and it proved to me that I, it, nothing's going to deter me. Like literally, uh, one of my mentees, Jason, videoed it. I still haven't watched it. It was so bad. And it turned out that uh, drinking um, before doing it to excess is a bad idea, especially when you wrote your bits down on your iPhone, like all comedians at open mic do. They put it on their little mm -hmm. iPhone or iPad. And then uh, you got lights blasting your eyes and you can't even read your phone. So your whole bit is gone and now you just are up there alone. It, it was horrible, but that's on a small scale. And that was about a year ago. Um, but I haven't, I, I would say uh, marriage a little bit, but that's not a fail. Um, 19 years, great kid got out of it and uh, we get along great now. Like we, we, awesome. we never didn't get along great. We just fell out of love. So 
Um, yeah. But most people view that as a failure, but uh, I don't. Um, What's that like, falling out of love? Uh, I mean, if you want to answer that. I I think mine, I got resentment came up a lot. Like, so um, with me, I felt less and less appreciated. And, and it doesn't mean this was real, but in my mind, I felt less appreciated for what I was bringing to the table. And there was no, uh, it was, it was just becoming friends. It was like the roommate scenario, right? So mm -hmm. if you're with somebody for a long time, I had thought that, um, it was normal to not be together sexually for a long period. And then I started talking to friends about how often we got together and how often they, and I realized I was on the standard deviation to the ninth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, this isn't normal. Cause you yeah. watch these sitcoms of like, everybody loves Raymond. Like, oh yeah, we don't do that anymore. Like, it's not normal, right? So I thought, yeah, yeah, I'd like to get back to that and feeling like uh, somebody that really digs me, right? Yeah, like yeah. that, I lost that feeling and it really, it messed up my mental state. So it wasn't really falling out of love, it was just time. Just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm starting to think nobody should be with just one person. I think it's uh, abnormal. I think we do it because of the mm -hmm. kids and society and family it's becoming less and less you starting people are picking the types of relations see the polyamorous there's a, there's thing a, there's all this stuff out there there's now. a book um called there, there's a there's a writer called neil, neil strauss now i realize it's a book so you're probably not gonna read it never gonna read it <laughs> neil strauss he went from this this uh journalist back when journalism was you know a real thing yeah and uh why do i keep leaning in to say like sounds that? cool that's why like, do you ever watch joe biden he's like because it's not inflation. I mean, whispers. Have you seen the whispering? <laughs> no. When he does that. It's so creepy. Oh god. Google Joe Biden whispering. It'll creep you out. <laughs> right. Basically, he uh, he he had an assignment where he was supposed to investigate pickup artists. Okay. And he went from investigating them and and being this guy who did, had no luck with women. Like he went. He he start. He first he investigated. He was like a journalist who worked with like role rock stars okay and he thought that great finally i'm gonna have i'm gonna get sex i'm gonna get yeah. all these things didn't happen but he, he went when he it's really it, ugly when he went yeah. into when he well I, it, he's bald yeah. i know it hurts it <laughs> hurts <laughs> he, he he basically he he went into the world of pickup artistry and became one of the most renowned pickup artists wow. in the world wow. and he's one of the he's an incredible writer hmm. and like his like the fucking his writing is 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 fucking top notch and and he went into that world and they they he became a god in that world mm. and I didn't know there was a world they had all these fucking sex clubs they would go to like having massive orgies he writes out all about all of it there's an audiobook version I think um just as deep as you know. You 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 know you watch Wolf of Wall Street. They got yeah. nothing on what they did. Gotcha. Yeah. They got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just, it, I it, I I can't I can't really remember what exactly. It, no, but it was yeah. And the and the amount of detail he goes into about it is fucking astounding. And then where's he from? Is he U.S. Well, like I think Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, but like then I I I I think is I've. I, I don't know why, but I I think I've ne I've never finished one of his books. I don't know why. It's not that they're bad. It's just I, for whatever reason, I just I felt like it was infecting me in a bad way, and I hmm. had to put it down. Like at hmm. the time when I was reading his book, The Game, about pickup artistry, I just started going to a bad place um, with him because it was so influential. 
that I was like, maybe that's the thing. Mm. And I realized, no, I don't want that. No, you don't but want the thing is, what I hear is like his books end with him arriving at that same conclusion that it's not why it's not good. Mm. I just I just haven't gotten there. And then he wrote, wrote a book kind of like that about called The Truth about relationships. And basically he you know, he his I think it's the woman he ended up with at the end of the game that, that caused him to leave that world. Um, he ended up cheating on her a lot and didn't know why. And it was like sex addiction. And so he's going to therapy for that. And then, you know, actually I'm trying to embrace the world of polyamory. And he's trying to like try all these things, all these, you know, relationships. And, and, and you know, he's trying to cultivate his dream relationship, which is like a society of people that he all these women that he fucks you know and 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 it's like a group relationship thing and what you know i think what he ends up learning through the course of it and you you realize it as you go because he's taking you along the journey with you whether you like it or not in detail and it's all stuff that happened to him he arrives at the conclusion and this is a spoiler but he arrives at the conclusion that it doesn't work it's all it's all narcissism mm -hmm. just because of but you know he starts out you know like a brilliant fucking salesman on every one of his books because he was sold yeah and he's yeah. selling you the way he was sold yeah. and you are like oh i'm totally in on this and and that's why i can't couldn't read his fucking books yeah. because you could tell what it was doing you get to you. you get yeah, you go down in. that road yeah. because it you know there's nothing there is nothing more powerful than the truth and when he, and he tells you the exact truth the way he experienced it and you feel going down that road as well and and so i i, I gotta get back into that book the All game right. but yeah. so before i forget michael douglas the game ever see it i love that movie it's a great movie but it's, it's a different movie but it's different it's, it's not about the same thing no it's but not it's, no but that's a great movie underrated movie. every time he said the game i'm like oh my god i forgot about that movie i have to I watch that do i watch that recently again dude recently. that was a creative uh, who who did David that Fincher? Movie? David Fincher. Really? Yes. What a great movie. Great movie. And uh, and it went on. Uh, did it go under the radar? What totally. Had? Nobody yeah. saw it. It was great. Um, Somebody at my restaurant that told me to watch it years ago, oh, and I was God. like, "What great. the fuck? This yeah, is great." It is a great movie. It's a, it's it it was such a twist. It was like before Fight Club. Yeah. It was a twist. Like Fight Club had a big twist. And um, so wait. So you were saying that, and then um, uh, little known fact, you were talking about sex clubs. I've actually been to two of them. Yeah. What's um, it like? One in Philadelphia, one in Liverpool, England. Uh, this was my experimental post-marriage phase where I just mm -hmm. wanted to try everything. By the way, I think I've tried everything. Not not the like crazy stuff, but like mm -hmm. experience to know whether I like it or not. So I, there's one in Philly. Have you heard anything about Philly? No. I'm, look, I'm not interested in going no, into one, no, no, but no. I'm, I'm interested in hearing about no, no, it. No, no, <laughs> it, it, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. It's called uh, Pleasure Garden Club. I knew about it because uh, an old friend of mine started bartending there. So yeah. I asked her about it and I wasn't going to go by myself. So I got my mm. best friend, Amy, and I'm like, I want to check this out. Like, what's this like? You go in, um, they check your phone, then you go in. So there's no cameras or anything. And you go in, it's like a dance club. Bartender, bars, mm. happens to be a stripper pole. Nobody's really on it. It's nine o'clock at night. And then 10 o'clock at night, like uh, you start looking around, people are shedding clothing a little bit. And now people are working the pole and just having fun mm. like amateurs. And then 11 o'clock, you're like, I think he's getting a hand job in the corner. I think that's what's going on. And then by midnight, it's like everybody's naked and just like stuff's going on everywhere. Now, there's people there to observe. I didn't take, we didn't take any clothes off. But like there's like a, a cross where you can get whipped on, right? So you put your arms up and somebody just wants to get whipped on the cross. <laughs> then there's a, like a straddle pony thing that's meant for 
women to be pleasured. So they are perfectly aligned with this straddle horse thing and a man could just stand there. Um, like it was <laughs> true. There was a rope person, person getting yeah. tied up with like really fancy ropes. There was a voyeur room where it's just a room with a bed and mm -hmm. a window with 10 people watching. Like it was just all this stuff. I thought it was an eyes wide shut. It was really surreal. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this really existed. Like I yeah. really had no idea. Um, but it was but uh, experience I wouldn't trade. I, I've never gone back because I don't want to partake in that. It felt dirty, like not just dirty, but like physically dirty. Like like I don't want to get a disease. I grew yeah, up in the yeah, AIDS that, era. Yeah, that, I ain't touching that shit. Yeah. Right. Um, no STDs here. Hey, ladies, if you're interested, I'm totally clean. Um, <laughs> never had anything. Um, I was always protected. But so, yeah, that and then Liverpool was really cool. Liverpool was with my friend and uh, TJ and she wanted to she's never been with a woman mm -hmm. so when i went and visited her I, i'm all about helping people with their bucket lists whatever kind of bucket list things bucket you've never list. done <laughs> yes this was her she had never been with them like a, so we thought all right we're gonna go to a strip club and i'm just gonna pay a couple hundred bucks to have her go back and make out with a chick or whatever but then when i was looking strip clubs i found this other club they don't call it a sex club right now i forget what it's called maybe swingers or something you go in and you get a bracelet and it's just a bunch of different rooms. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the same as the one. Um, you get a bracelet that says what you're into. Yellow means by curious. Green means they're just a watch. Red means mm -hmm. gay. Um, purple means threesome. Uh, this means submissive or uh, dominant. You know what I mean? Want to be. I thought that was genius. So now you're yeah. going and you're saying what you're into. You don't even have to talk to the person. That's they just smart. look at yeah. you. It was genius. So we got her a yellow. I found her another girl yellow. And there you go. Right. It was like wow. the easiest thing. I wait, thought wait, it was wait, really is there like one for straight or what? It, yeah, yeah, it was just observer or like you're not going to partake in anything. I was green, whatever it was. Or like straight, just, like like straight sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, there was everything. There okay. was threesomes swinging. Or, I mean, so there was everything. Um, I was just there. I was mine was a non. I'm not going to partake in anything. I'm there <laughs> to just experience. Yeah. Right. So nobody came up to me because they saw the green. Right. They knew like That's smart or yeah. like another green would be like, yeah, this is pretty wild. huh? like I can't believe what I'm saying here. But anyway, that was um, that was much more private where you could go off in a little separate area with the people of your choosing that matched your criteria. Huh. That was pretty cool. But anyway, little known fact. Just, I just throw something away, edit it all out. But an interesting experience that uh, pleasure. It's it's not bad. It's Are not. You fine scary. with me keeping that in? I'm, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit. I mean, when we talk about things that we'll we'll leave, I'll I'll send you the this Doesn't thing. Matter. So if you want, if there's anything you need, we need to cut out. Let me know. No, um, I'm good. But yeah. fire from fire, go. What What's the hardest thing you've? Oh ever... wait, I found, I thought of another failure. Mm -hmm. um, wait, I lost it. I had it when I was talking. And I lost it. Failure. Oh, my instinct, not instinct. What I wanted to do coming out of college, I went to school for marketing with a minor in communication, um, advertising. Mm -hmm. I love marketing. I love the idea. Uh, it was because the guy worked at Campbell Soup that was my professor and he created the, so Campbell Soup, you know, marketing, right? Okay. We're doing really good with the age bracket 40 to 60 because they like soup and their mm -hmm. teeth are rotten or whatever it is. But we're really struggling with the 8 to 15 soup. We're not selling to the 18, 15 or they're not using it. And then he took it and he changed the colors of the Campbell Soup and he added Dora the Explorer to it, right? Because now the kid's going down the aisle in the seat and saying, Daddy, I want that. Mommy, I want that. Mm -hmm. SpongeBob, you see on the stuff. Like, I just love that concept of getting people to try something different because of marketing and advertising. Yeah. And I always thought ads suck. In 90% of them, you're like, what are they even selling me? You watch these Super Bowl ads for 2 million bucks? At the end of it, like what? 
really? Cheetos? You spent your money on that? So yeah. I always wanted to be in that and I never got in it. I actually, right out of college, I was writing letters to ad agencies. You had to be New York, Chicago or LA and I didn't like any of those cities at the time. So we moved to Phoenix, which was growing. I thought I'd get a job and I was writing letters like I will work for free for a year if I could just work at your ad agency. Everybody must have thought, I learned later, it's like you were giving it away. They think, what good are you, right? I was so confident. I knew I would crush it. And I still know I'd crush it, yeah. but I was giving it away. So there was no perceived value in me. I, I learned that, later, but never getting into advertising. So I've done it on my own. I've done bar marketing for people. I'm doing stuff for uh, Liquid Alchemy in um, Wilmington, Slohan and Westchester. And then out of college, I did a bunch of bars. That was my calling. And then I ended up not getting into it, going to financial services, which helped with money. Mm -hmm. and there's my failure. Go. It's not much. That's the good failure. Yeah, it wasn't mean, that bad. Yeah. Um, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? It's up to you if you want to answer. No, I mean, um, stand up was really hard. Like, because I, I took it for granted speaking in front of 4,000 people. The nerves when you're standing up in front of 30 other comedians. Yeah. And the crickets was so freaking hard. I can't even describe how hard that was. Uh, but that's not, I don't think that's good enough. I'm, I, I should have put more thought into this one. What about you? What's your hardest? I mean, the hardest thing would be, I mean, I mention this every time, but it's like my film, Rusty Spade. It was a 12 minute one take film. Honestly, this answer might change to this new sketch I've done, but actually that that that's the hardest thing because that was something I had wanted to do for seven years. And it was always this project that was my ace in the hole, as you know, the Joker put it in mm -hmm. the Batman Dark Knight film one of my favorite films and it basically it was a film that called my ace in the hole because for a while in high school and in and in the college it was that film that was that better project i was working on it back when i worked on uh you know ryan's film and it kind of gave me the confidence boost that I, I would make a great film one day you know i'd be a great filmmaker it's having something better that's in the works that you're working on you're going to release eventually so that you can suck now at what you're mm -hmm. putting out I don't really need that anymore. I mean, I, but then again, I do it kind of automatically. I do have, I always have something better I'm working on in the moment. Um, but it, you know what? It, actually, no, it does help. It, it still does help me having that ace in the hole, that bigger, that better and bigger project that you're going to do next or eventually, um, so that you can create projects now and fail now. And, 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 you know, when you release something, whenever you release a project, you know, it, it's never as good as, you know, what you thought of you, how you thought it up, you know, how you built it up in your, your mind and your emotions. Now, nowadays I'm, I'm much more realistic. I'm much more practical because I know that's going to happen. I know that when I release this thing and get people watching it, it's not going to be the magical effect. It's not, they're not going to be like, Oh, bravo. You know, like standing up fucking bleachers. Not that I think yeah. that's going to happen, but like, you know, it's not going to be the, the, you know, it's, it's never going to be as great as what you thought, but that's how you build up the that's how you feed the fire to blast through all the the uh, the fear and the the things that pulled you back from doing it and making it is you have to have that that enthusiasm, that mm -hmm. passion yeah. for the thing. Yeah. And once you once you people see the film, that passion, you know, it's still there, but not as much. And you, you realize, you know, your expectations Well, sometimes expect you it sometimes it does yep. it can transcend expectations yep. and I, I i hope to do that 
Um, but I mean, I the best thing is I've released projects that I was super proud of, like that, like like even that animation thing. Uh, to this day, I can show that to people and get joy out of yeah. seeing them laugh yeah, at yeah. these Lego people getting yeah. slaughtered. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, dude, that's Blood I want splatter, man, You're hardcore. I want that for my feature film. <laughs> right? I want people, yeah. my feature films. I want people to watch them and be uh, so so hundred times bigger than that animation, thousand times bigger. I want them to walk out of that theater being Tom. You fucking changed me, like yeah. in a way, like you took. I, I, a part of me went into this movie that I'm not leaving with mm. in a good way yeah. or a bad way or not a bad way, but like a good way. Like they, they feel like I did, I affected them on some deep level. Yeah. Um, so I got, I, I got about four hardest things as you yeah, were talking. Go I for it. it. I didn't even get into like why yeah. it was so Le hard. Leaving, but yeah. leaving the marriage was hard as fuck because I didn't want to have my son working the pole because he had divorced parents. Right. And I like literally a yeah. lot of my friends that have divorced parents are not healthy yeah. mentally. They're just not. I think there's a direct correlation to have a good, stable parental unit. Um, so that was hard. I actually waited many years beyond I should have because I wanted his, I, I waited till I thought he was mature enough to handle it. And I think I did the right thing, but I also feel like I wasted 10 years that were good years. Right. When I had better hair, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Another hard thing is talking to my son. This is just, he's been so good. He never got in trouble. He's just a really good soul kid. But um, he's starting to get into groupthink a little bit. And we talked about critical thinking earlier. Mm -hmm. That bothers me, right? So when the whole, uh, we might have to move your thing up and down. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, Whatever real you quick, I want to cut back in just so that we can say, we'll cut this take 16B and we'll go to take 16C next. Okay. And now, uh, and then we'll... We'll talk more. We're off record. Let me let me stop these and we'll continue talking right now. Okay. I only had about thirty more seconds. Well, well, I. It's just because there's yeah, a there's a limit to the length of Fair file. Enough. Oh, um, oh, did I? Am I blowing away your seven hour? Thing we're gonna do. We're gonna oh, do. Did a you challenge third. me? Do, I want to do a third part. <laughs> we're gonna do a third part to this. You, you down for that? Yeah, so, whatever. And we'll take a break while we're talking. Oh, why well, you need a break? Let's we'll see. Yeah, let's see. <laughs>